Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic. Consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, Susan, what are we talking about this evening? Well, it's Sunday, so we start with a prayer. Then the ups and downs for the week, followed by the new police state. Then what's up with our schools and regulations suck. We didn't get to those last two things last show. Yeah, it's okay. <clears throat> to our live listeners, we know we're already having issues, internet issues. My apology seems to be back up now, the stream, so didn't miss much, just the intro. Yes, and our rooster is alive and loud. <laughs> okay, Sunday, so it's time for a prayer. This time it's a Jewish prayer from Chabad.org. Blessed are you, Lord, our God and God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, the great, mighty, and awesome God, exalted God, who bestows bountiful kindness, who creates all things, who remembers the piety of the patriarchs, and who, in love, brings a redeemer to the children's children for the sake of his name. Amen. And the ups and downs for the week. If it, finally, we didn't like have something before the ups and downs. <laughs> That's because there's a lot of the ups and downs, but I have to actually get something else up also. All right, this is an up from bizpackreview.com. In the wake of the wreckage that brought the city to its knees, some members of the community pitched in to clean up, assist law enforcement, and rebuild. From a child handing water to police officers and a mom literally fighting to save her son to men shielding officers from angry mobs, these are the moments that brought hope to a damaged community. Okay, 
And they're off talk. They are talking about Charleston, of course. No, they're not. No. This is this. I told you. You gave this to me. This is from April 29th, 2015, about Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. And, and the riots. But you said it was important because nobody's reporting on this, and nobody did. Right. But they enough. did. It's nice to see. You know, not all the black people in that community are are pieces of crap. There are some nice ones. Okay, and the pictures show, when I put up the link, go to the link, and the pictures show the little boy giving police water. You want to scroll down? Uh-huh. And describe a couple of these pictures for the folks. Okay. Let's see what we got here. A little black boy, well-dressed. He's got an arm full of water bottles, and he's handing them to the police that are standing behind riot shields. Again, the links will be up usually within 48 hours. I know. How come it's so long? Just It just does. Now, the next one here. Um, try to see. I think they're helping to rebuild something. CVS Pharmacy? Oh, yeah, they're cleaning up. I can see it now. There's three black utes, <laughs> and they're taking out the trash, basically. Then there's a a black man here with a Punisher shirt on, and he's got his arms outstretched, and he's standing in front of the police officers, shielding them from the mob. And here's the famous woman taking care of her son to task for the whole world to watch. And she became everyone's favorite mom all of a sudden. Now there's a whole bunch of black young men, and they're all forming a line in front of the police officers to protect them from the crowd. There's a large black man that's uh, cleaning up, throwing out the garbage. More cleanups. This got to be a lot of cleanups because, you know, it was a riot. But there's more, but that you get the idea. All right. Um, moving on to it down. From ConstitutionRising.com. The politicians like to keep the money trail brushed as clean of their footprints as possible. To make it less blatantly obvious, they are exchanging votes for campaign cash. Money talks in D.C. and our current government, it is the only language other than Orwellian doublespeak which is understood. John the Weeper Boehner, Paul already Ryan, Mike McCarthy, and other House members did quite well for themselves financially in the pursuit of their corporate master's dreams of overthrowing the United States government. Anyone who wonders how millionaires or billionaires are made on a congressional salary can get some good insight from this information published by maplight.org. In the instance of H.R. 1314, the legislation vehicle for moving Obama trade from the period of October the 1st, 2012 to September the 30th, 2014, the amount of potentially influential fa financial contributions 
heaped upon the largely unscrupulous members of Congress in both chambers was nothing short of obscene. <clears throat> yeah, I've kind of given up on Paul Ryan. He looked potentially like he was going to be a good... But he's not. He just took a bunch of millions of dollars to sell us down the river. Uh, the trade authority. Oh, why do the Republicans want it so badly? It only helps the president. Why do they want to help the president? The president is trying to destroy our country. Because they're trying to do it too. Contributions from pro-Obama trade lobbyists alone were enough to make very wealthy people of those who are supposed to represent the citizens. And the period of time immediately preceding the vote, that between October the 1st of last year and June the 25th is still unknown. Certainly the pot was sweetened considerably more as the deadline drew near. <clears throat> we got some, we'll have some numbers for you in a minute, patients. Uh, but Paul Ryan and McCarthy, we know Boehner. Took millions of dollars for their votes. If you're confused why these people are voting for this stuff to help the president, you need just open your eyes. The truth is they're working with the president. Paul Ryan has a budget that never that that increases our debt for ten years. No, thank you. That's a stupid budget. We need a budget that pays off our debts. You you, you people with credit cards know something about this, right? Now that you can't mortgage your home and keep running up your credit cards, things must be difficult for you. Contributions to House members from forces favorable to Obama trade outnumbered those from those opposed by a factor of 8.6 times. 197,869,145 million dollars to 23,000, no, 23,065,231. The differences were even more stark in the Senate, with a total of 285225162 dollars in financial incentives being melted out from supporting groups, and only $27,569,149. I'm sorry I keep messing this up, but they don't have the decimals that throws me off. Uh, from the opposition, over 10 times as... As much. There were 32 House members with over a million dollars in contributions, and many who were just below that threshold. In the Senate, only five senators were below the $1 million mark, and two of those, Jeff's, Senator Jeff Sessions, Republican Alabama, and Mike Lee, Republican of Utah, voted no. Well, Mike Lee's still on our side, and against betrayal of their country. Let me explain the problem here. It's not the evil lobbyists. It's not the evil government per se. It's the fact that we allowed this government to take power to itself and to regulate business and our economy. Well, if you're if you're regulating the economy, you can put regulations in that benefit those you are friendly towards and screw the ones that you're unfriendly towards. And that's called crony capitalism. And we've got it in spades. Only it's more like crony socialism morphy, morphed together with some form of capitalism. It certainly is no free market capitalism, period. But 
Now you you get a little insight thanks to maplife.org. I didn't know this was going on. I I never dreamed in a million years they'd be bold enough to take money from these people right before taking votes. That that's a lot worse than Pete Rose betting on baseball, isn't it? He got booted from the Hall of Fame and he didn't even bet on his own games. So what he didn't fix anything, he didn't win either. Uh he had a gambling problem. But uh, he never threw a game. He never betted on his own games. And they they threw him out anyway. Put him in jail. They, they didn't like him for some reason. He was my favorite. He was my favorite ball player. He was my idol. He, 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 he taught me how to play baseball. I mean, that's who I modeled myself after. But it was because he inspired me, because he was chunky, and he still could play a great game of baseball. And uh, I took that to heart, and I just kind of mirrored him. And it worked out well for me. Although, I'm not a baseball star, it's because they sent me to military school. All of these elected cockroaches are way beyond high crimes and misdemeanors. They should all be in jail. They should be able to take... Yes, this is a, this is inappropriate behavior. Certainly a high crime, because a high crime just means abuse of power. So simple as that. It's not like, oh, murder is a high crime. No, murder is not a high crime. It has nothing to do with murder. Murder is a, a criminal offense. High crimes are... And they, they are all abusing their power, as you can see. That's the eye-opening thing. we got to deal with all of them. There's, like, look, two people, two Republicans voted no. Really. Two. And I'll say their names again so you remember them. Senator Jeff Sessions and Senator Mike Lee. The formula in the House seems fairly simple, at least as far as rewarding those in leadership positions. John Boehner, Republican of Ohio, got a cool $5 million in change. Mike McCarthy, Republican of California, half that at $2.4 million. And Steve Scalise, Republican of Louisiana, half again at $1.2 million. For Paul Ryan, the price of American sovereignty was $2.2 million. Representative Bob Goodlatte, Republican Virginia was a member of the Million Dollar Club at $1,053,646. Jeb Henserling, Republican Texas, collected $1.4 million. Kathy McMorris-Rogers received $900,732, and she's from Washington. And Mike Pompeo, Republican Kansas, $949,708. My God, the poor people, only $949,000. We could live on that for the rest of our lives. Pete, <laughs> Pete Sessions, House Rules Committee Chairman, was compensated to the tune of $1,057,949,708. My God, the poor people, only $949,000. We could live on that for the rest of our lives. Pete, <laughs> Pete Sessions, House Rules Committee Chairman, 
was compensated to the tune of $1,057 and uh, 79, one, <laughs> I did it again. $1,057,079. With his fellow Texan, Lamar Smith, picking up $608,000. Marsha Blackburn, Republican of Tennessee, who fought against illegal immigration, aliens, uh, we uh, thought during the amnesty battle, received 700687 and voted for uncontrolled immigration and the usurpation of domestic American rule. Even Marsha Blackburn. I need a silicon pad. A different one. Suppose champion of conservatism, Stephen King. Anybody that thought Steve King was conservative is just deluding himself. He's a New Yorker, for one thing. Uh, I mean, uh, not a New York guy. I, I, he's an Iowa. Sorry. That's the Iowa, Illinois. That's that's all where the breadbasket. That's all where progressivism comes from. That's where its origins were. Who received only 382000 Oh, poor guy. I guess I, I guess his chip, he, he actually comes cheap, huh? Jason Chaffetz, Republican Utah, 358000 And Trey Gowdy. At $305,000, still don't make sense. Uglier and more blatant, Mitch McConnell, Republican Kentucky, acquired $9.2 million. John Gornian, Republican Texas, $5.3 million. And Orrin Hatch, four point two. The third member of the Senate trio of traitors forcing his, forcing this upon us. Marco Rubio pocketed $3.9 million. And now he's pocketed $3.9 million to sell us down the river. Congratulations, Marco Rubio. Running for president. Get the word out. He won't let stand a chance. Uh, let everybody know. Marco Rubio took a bribe of $3.9 million to sell our sovereignty down the river in this trade authority nonsense. Nobody in this list should be reelected to or elected to anything. They should be fired. So he parked at $3.9 million for voting to tie us to a bill he never read with his fellow presidential candidate, Lindsey Graham, earning $3.4 million. Candidate Rand Paul voted against the package both times it came up in the Senate. There's my man. So far, Rand has been pretty good. He's had some problems, I know, but when it comes down to it, he seems to vote the right way. Agreed. Now, now the breeze picks up. Um, I'm I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. The people they're putting up for us to vote for. I can't vote for Marco Rubio. He's not even a natural born citizen. I can't do it for Ted Cruz either. Sorry, a natural born citizen is born of two citizen parents, not one, but two, and certainly not none, which is Marco Rubio. Both his parents were immigrants at the time he was born and 
improperly applying the 14th Amendment made him a citizen. Uh, but that's just a native-born citizen, not a natural-born citizen. But he's not even that legally, really. We, if he's still alive when we take the Republic back, he's going to reapply for citizenship. Well, he ha he should have been naturalized with his parents, but he wasn't. Because they said, oh, he's born here. Everyone that has twisted that 14th Amendment, it's it's not hard to understand. You can go back to Stevens and Bingham on the floors. They talked about it. It's their bill. They know all about it. They said what it was for. It was it was it was for black people, freed slaves. That's who it was for. Nobody else. And that's because, obviously, uh, how else are they going to become citizens? I mean, that's usually when we made freed men, we made them citizens. Their their children, when they're born here, should be citizens. But they didn't. The, the South didn't want to look at it that way. Uh, doesn't matter. All that matters now is no constitutionalist is going to vote for Cruz. No, no one's going to vote for Marco Rubio. What's the other one? Jindal, same thing. I don't care how much, how good he is. He's not a natural born citizen. I am sorry. And yes, they were exclusatory. They they chose a super high bar for the presidency. Why is that so hard to understand? You th they seem to think it's the president of the free world and not just the United States of America. And you don't think we should have high standards? Look at what happened when we drop our standards and let this guy in. It's a nightmare. They're spending money like royalty. And everybody's justifying them. And taking all these trips of the taxpayer dime. Well, Bush went, Bush went to his ranch where he went, where he worked on his ranch and on the government. He had a whole installation at the ranch. He could run the government right from there. And that's what he, that's what he did. It was a working vacation. He's, this guy plays golf every, every other day. I, maybe every day. I don't know. Does he live on it? Why don't we just turn the White House lawn into a golf course so he doesn't have to go anywhere and spend money? I'm just saying. There is a putting green in there already. Not, not good enough for him? Put it in a driving range. <laughs> don't give them ideas. What we need to do is tell them you can put it if you could pay for it. And we got to stop paying them so much money. And as you can see, we got to stop allowing them to regulate industry because when they do, this is what we get. The more power you give them, the more of this we get. All you 99ers out there trying to tell you that you don't know what you're playing with, you don't want more government, the more governments would did this, that's exactly what the government wants you to do. You're just a bunch of useful idiots at that point. Sorry, Stalin called you that, not me. All right, anyway, so Lindsey Graham, he doesn't stand a bad chance in hell of becoming president. Trust me, if that man wins the prime, it's it's rigged. If that guy was prime, it's rigged, rigged, and rigged. And he earned $2.4 million to stick you in the back, right? But Rand Paul voted against it both times. Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, first voted in favor of it, but was eventually forced to recognize the will of the people in the interest of the survival of his campaign, and a cast... Man wins the prime... It's it's rigged. If that guy was surprised, rigged, rigged, and rigged. He, he voted for it the first time. 
I I said watch 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 it watch it. If, remember what happened with Barack Obama? He was a rock star. Everybody thought he was. Best. Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, first voted in favor of it, but was eventually forced to recognize the will of the people in the interest of the survival of his campaign and a cast of meaningless vote once the debate and outcome was determined. Coward. He he voted for it the first time. I I said watch 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 it watch it. It's, remember what happened with Barack Obama? He was a rock star. Everybody thought he was the best things in sliced bread. Ted Cruz, same thing. But I mean, the people actually got to vote for president because the state said so. They they wanted the people to choose, and that's okay. If the state wants to do that, it's their power. It's their right. Uh, if you don't, it's also your power, and you're right. I told you, send people up there, it's not going to fix it. And most of them get corrupted. And as you can see here, Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, uh, who, who else? Trey Gowdy, for goodness sakes. Um, hmm. That means Trey Gowdy can be bought. That means this whole witch hunt for Hillary, Hillary Clinton can go away. No, I'm not calling it a witch hunt because uh, it's meaningless. That's not my definition of a witch hunt. But... Uh, she just happens to be a witch. <laughs> Larry Rotten Clinton is a witch. And so that's where it kind of fits. <clears throat> but no, they should be hammering, they should be nailing her to a cross. That's what should be happening. And I just want to know how the man that's never lost a case as a prosecutor is losing this one. Anyway, they say uh, it's clear that money talks and the people can take a hike. Once the numbers come in for the current year, it will be interesting to know just how much influence was purchased in the last days and weeks leading up to this betrayal. While nobody in the Senate is stupid enough to admit that their vote was purchased or influenced by being handed the equivalent of a mansion or a lifetime of earnings for most Americans, neither are we stupid enough to believe that a pattern of corruption doesn't exist. Yeah, you know, that's the that's the talk Obama should have had. Race isn't a problem. Corruption is the biggest problem in the United States of America. Not racism. It's not it's not even an it shouldn't even be an issue. I mean, I'm telling you now, it is nothing. White people do not sit around thinking about black people all day. We don't think about you at all. Unless you happen to, you know, interact with us. Um So if this is news to you, well good. You woke up, you, I hope it wakes you up. I hope it smacks you in the face. I hope you see, I can't believe these people. These people like Marco Rubio that said he was Tea Party candidate. He's not a Tea Party candidate. He's not a member of the Tea Party. See, it's not a political party. You can't just join it like a Republican or a Democrat. You've got to actually be a text enough or ready person. And that's the only level there is for the Tea Party. It, it's not the whole conservative package, but most of the conservatives, it's mostly conservatives in the Tea Party. So I guess it is. But it's not a party. It's a label. It's a a way a group of people think and behave and want change. That That's what the Tea Party is. We want small government. <laughs> We're taxed enough already. Uh, we got to roll this government back. It's getting worse by the day. It's happening very fast, right? It's getting worse by the day. And uh, speaking of that, 
what's getting worse by the day with all this gun control nonsense and making uh making ammo so expensive ammo's like tripled since obama just got there this is very stupid because the only thing you're going to have is a bunch of people carrying guns that don't have any money to practice but they're still going to carry guns <laughs> of course we are if we get in a gunfight, we'll hope for the best. But you know, so you're not gonna you're not gonna stop carrying. Just because they made my ammo too expensive, and no, reloading's too expensive too, because the components have gone through the roof. So it's it's unaffordable. I can't even afford to shoot twenty two. Twenty two ammo. I used to get bricks at five hundred for eleven bucks at Walmart. They're thirty something bucks now. Told you about all the ammo's about triple. And the value, the buying power of the dollar has not gone up. It's gone down. Inflation is up. Anyway, like I said, anybody who thinks this is a grand idea that doesn't like guns, you left-wing loons, it's the opposite of a good idea. We're going to carry the gun anyway, and it's going to have ammo in it, even if it costs us $2,000 to fill it once. And that's all. It'll stay filled until we... Unload it on some bad person. Then, of course, we'll have to spend more money. See, criminals cost money, cost us money no matter what. If we shoot him, we've got to buy bullets. If it's just, if, if he's injured, you got to pay for the hospital bill. Uh, it, then, then he goes to jail and you got to pay everything for him. They have better teeth in prison than I have. I have work on you know, my teeth because they're cracked and they eat crowns. I can't afford crowns. If I went to prison, I'd get crowns. Too sweet. You gotta be kidding me. I have I knows my rights. That they, I used to hear people talk hookers talking on the street, crack horse. Oh yeah, it's kinda of starting to get chilly out. It's about time to go back to prison so I can so I can clean up and uh get my teeth done and they're just hanging out talking in the ambulance about it. I'm like, Wow, great. So, oh, all the criminals have better debt in New York, have better teeth than you do, I bet. And with that, we'll go, we're going to go to a break. It's the Uncorrupted Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, Seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. 
you save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800-764-9168. 800-764-9168. That's 800 800- seven six four ninety one sixty eight if you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments listen carefully to this urgent alert have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments are your student loans past due or even in default can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem we can help you if you qualify your student loans can be taken out of default we can stop the wage garnishments stop the collection calls and stop the seizure of your tax refund give yourself a break stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments one quick 10-minute call could solve them right now so call the student loan helpline now 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. This is Jeff Carlisi from the Band 38 Special. Let us never forget that police lives matter. Uncooperative radio show merchandise is now available at cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio. At this wonderful site, you will find hats, T-shirts, coffee mugs, and bumper stickers, and much, much more. Merchandise slogans include, I am an uncooperative citizen, become an uncooperative citizen, I am an uncooperative citizen and damn proud of it, and the Constitution is the solution. So visit cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio today and become an uncooperative citizen. That's cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio. An up down from westernjournalism.com. Vehicles powered by electricity have quickly moved from occupying a fringe segment in the industry to commanding unparalleled attention and consumer interest. While much of this success has been due to innovations introduced by Tesla and other companies, the federal government has sweetened the pot for potential buyers by offering a $7,500 subsidy on each electric car purchased in the United States. You could buy a golf cart for less than that. So you can get a free one just like Stossel did. Drive around your city in a golf cart. Wee. <laughs> well, you know, they would think it was really weird out here. People drive around the cities in uh, ATVs out here. Oh, yeah, we could drive ATVs on the road like a motorcycle. Yeah. Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, first voted in favor of it, but was eventually forced to recognize the will of the people in the interest 
of the survival of his campaign and a cast of meaningless vote once the debate and outcome was determined. Coward. He he voted for it the first time. I I said watch 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 it watch it. If, remember what happened with Barack Obama? He was a rock star. Everybody thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. Ted Cruz, same things to learn. What what does that sound like? The government we're supposed to have. See, you, you didn't. You let them tell you the Constitution was meaningless, and now look what you got. Anyway, much of the buzz around such alternatively fueled vehicles, of course, stems from the belief that they are more eco-friendly than gas-powered cars. As it turns out, that assumption might be unfounded. You know what they say: when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. According to a recent study conducted by four economists from various universities, electric vehicles as a whole are actually more detrimental to the environment than traditional vehicles. The researchers looked at how cars of all types performed in different locations around the nation. In some metropolitan areas, like Los Angeles, electric cars did perform more efficiently and reduce air pollution. Any advancement gained in these Population hubs, however, is lost when these supposedly green cars drive into the suburbs and beyond. The study rated the environmental cost per mile of both type of engines in various driving situations. While electric outperformed gas in L.A. by 3.3 cents per mile, the same vehicles are 1.5 cents per mile worse for the environment in less crowded areas. Overall, electric cars are about a half a percent worse for the environment per mile than traditional counterparts. Furthermore, while the study found electric car purchases do provide some air quality benefit when driven in majority of states, the pollution ends up becoming a problem in other parts of the nation. According to the report, purchasing an electric vehicle makes society as a whole worse off because electric vehicles tend to export air pollution to other states more than gasoline vehicles. Combined with previous studies, including one showing that a vehicle powered by a coal-produced electricity is worse for the environment than an internal combustion engine. The latest data seems to suggest the federal government is backing a dirtier alternative with its subsidy. Oh, ethanol, too. Ethanol's worse for people with respiratory problems than gas than the exhaust from gasoline vehicles. What do you think of that? Worse than even diesel. What do you think of that? Down. So why is that an up-down? <laughs> why is it an up? Uh, I, I, I don't know that it is an up. It seems like it's all down to me. We're spending money propping up an industry that's making matters worse. Eco-friendly than gas-powered cars. As it turns out, that assumption might be unfounded. You know what they say when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. According to a recent study conducted by four economists from various universities, electric vehicles as a whole are actually more detrimental to the environment than traditional vehicles. The researchers looked at how cars of all types performed in different locations around the nation. I can't keep up. Between that and Twitter. It's nothing like waking up to 99-plus notifications. 
I know. I should. I, I should be happier about it because it means I have a lot of followers on popular. I, I do, but I can't keep up on. It. And so some things maybe I, you know, that they want an answer for me. They ask me a question. I can't. I'm not going to go all the way back to the beginning and go like through 200 tweets. So, you know, I just, I just am saying the heck with it and starting, start fresh from the day's page. Uh, not worry about it so much. But I am sorry if you have tweeted me, asked me a question, I didn't get back to you. It's not because I, I intentionally didn't get back. It's because you got mixed up in the ones I couldn't get to. There were just too many messages. All right. Um, he just did that. I know. The study revealed, rated, uh, You're done. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, you're right. I'm done. Why was I up there? I don't know. <laughs> no idea this why you were up there. This is from bizpackreview.com as well. But Shepard is not looking to be taken peacefully. And wait, you can't start a, a story with, but Shepard is not looking to take, be taken peacefully. What happened before? Where's the oh, before of the God. butt? She did it again. She did copy the beginning of the story. Well, we're waiting. We're all waiting. <laughs> this Remember that as a kid? What? We're all waiting for we're all waiting for Susan. <laughs> Who said that? Teachers all the time. Not to me. Whoever was holding us up. Ah, whoever was holding us up. And me. you're holding us up. <laughs> There it is. Well, could you better read it then? I'm going to have to read it. Well, hurry He's up. He's standing on a flag. Hurry up and read it. What okay. are you doing? All right, this is it. A man who first made national news when a female veteran stopped his protest from stomping on an American flag is now threatening to kill police officers who, who, officers who tried to arrest him. Eric Shepard of Valdosta State University rose to infamy after video surfaced of Playboy Playmate and Air Force veteran Michelle Manhart grabbing the flag from him and held it until she was arrested by police. Okay, you know, those two things right there should not be together. A Playboy Playmate should not be in the Air Force. <laughs> Why not? It's not illegal. It's not illegal. After the protest, police found it's it. It's not like she was a porn star. I'm sure we're going to have some of those. After the protest, police found an illegal handgun in Shepard's backpack on campus and have been looking for him since. Now, that's where that comes from. Yeah, that was an all whole lot of story, important stuff there that you cut I out. Forgot. You know why? Because I was looking at him stomping on the, on the flag. Yeah, I actually said, I don't, someone actually told me that uh, see, your answer to everything is violence. Because I said, if I ever saw somebody stomping on the flag or burning it in my presence as a protest, I'm going to knock his block off. And I meant it. And I still do. I'm a veteran. I care about that flag. People have died for that flag. And I won't let any left-wing little wussy boy do anything to it in my presence. Simple. Or to any other monuments or flags, for that matter. I don't feel as strongly about the Confederate flag, but much like Sealy Booth, I think I'm going to start wearing a Confederate belt buckle just to piss people off. Because, I'm sorry, I'm tired of political correctness. I want to, I want to shock people all the time. I don't care. I want them to wake up from their little political correct nightmare before it's too late. <sighs> but back to the story. But Shepard is not looking to be taken peacefully. And in a 4,700-word racist and violent manifesto, 
submitted to Valdosta Daily Times, threatened to annihilate those who come after me. Must be listening to this show. Yeah, where's Obama on this one? How many? 4,700 words. How many pages is that? A lot, because my, my novel is only 365 words. Words or pages? I'm sorry, pages. 365 pages. Yeah. Then you got to times that by the words on the page. I'm not doing that. I know. I don't know. That seems pretty big. To, a lot of words to me for saying I'm, I'm crazy and I want to kill people. I, how, how could you do that in 4,700 words? I'm telling you, he was, in, he was insane. He was on those psychotropic drugs. And yes, he was. It already came out. Just like all of them were, one form or another. Those psychotropic drugs, ADD drugs, SRI, inhib you know, serum reuptake inhibitors. Uh, these are all psychotropic drugs that can do crazy things to your brain. And uh, I can tell you right now that SRI stuff made me want to shoot people. Scared the crap out of me. It made me nuts. I had to stop taking it. All right. Um, Shepard said he won't surrender to any white man. So I guess he's not white. Many still question the possibility of my surrendering to the people who call themselves authorities, he wrote. To give you a simple answer, no, I will not turn myself over to any white man. He went on a tirade, declaring his intention to murder white people and encouraging others to do so as well. This will cost you all your lives, he wrote. What you say I'm guilty of is bringing a weapon on the Valdosta State University campus, threatening white people and all who aid their white supremacist structure, and stepping on your dirty rag that you call old glory. Well, it is us, the victims of the actions enforced under that symbol, that will glorify our triumph over your sick race. This guy is a lunatic and a doofus. He needs what, to get out of this He's country. bought into every... I'm telling you, he's crazy. Because he's bought into every nonsense that's completely not true. That that dirty rag flag, uh, that was flying up with the Union Army when they were fighting for... Oh, as freeing the slaves! These people... It's not about... Don't think it's... It, it's not about what it sounds like. They hate, they hate, and they hate. And they bought into the whole notion that, oh, this is a white construct, our civilization. Now, well, no, it's a civilization. You're, but to be part of it, you have to be civilized. You obviously need some mental health. And him saying he's not going to turn himself over. I wish I had a dime for every punk that said that and then turned themselves in. <laughs> we'll see. If he's truly crazy and out of his mind and delusional, then he won't. He'll think he's playing a video game and go out and kill cops. I, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I still have... No, you brought up a really good point. Yes, last night when we were talking about this, you had said, you know, these kids, they put them on all these freaking ADD drugs and other drugs, and then they sit, the, the parents allow them to sit in front of a computer and play first person shooters. First person shooters. Yes, well, you're, you're, you're killing, you're killing. Looks, and it, they look, they've gotten very realistic looking. Um, and no, it's not the fault of the people that made the game. It's not at all. It's not designed for crazy people or people that are under the influence of psychotropic drugs and that may be seeing doing that all day, every day under those drugs. You don't know what that did to their minds. It certainly would teach them that life is cheap because that's all they do. Is like, it's like that game where they were 
running all over people. Like, get points if you kill crack whores. And, you know the game I'm talking about. Uh, pretty sick game. Now, again, you're on psychotropic drugs. Many people have mental side effects from it. People close to you aren't really paying that much of attention to you. They're not attentive people. They leave you alone. They let you play video games all day, violent video games. And all you do is immerse yourself in that all the time. And suddenly, the two worlds merge. And you can't tell one from the other. That is absolutely a possible scenario. And more like, more than likely, what has happened? Um, they shouldn't be putting kids on ADD drugs just because they won't sit quietly in their seat when they're five years old. So anyway, he quoted new Black Panther Party chairman and former Nation of Islam leader Khalid Abdul Abdabu Muhammad and saying, we give them 24 hours to get out of town by sundown. I say, if they don't get out of town, we kill the white men. We kill the white women. We kill the white children. We kill the white babies. And we kill the blind whites. We kill the crippled whites. We kill the crazy whites. We kill the faggots. We kill the lesbians. I say, God damn it, we kill them all, Shepard wrote. If they are white, kill them all, he wrote. He ended his rant by quoting YouTube race warrior Sarah Sutton who said, Their mission is to, mission is to slay the children of this white beast one by goddamn one. There's your love and light. All these people you're supposed to be so worried about, their feelings you support, pay for their entire existence, and this is how they behave. You know what happens with the white men? They want the white people to leave their neighborhood. They We do it all the time. And what happens to the neighborhood, it turns to crap, and then we get blamed for it. Or the reverse happens. We move into a crappy neighborhood, we fix it up, and then the poor people have to move out. And that's called gentrification. It's called a, it's called a market. <clears throat> Alright, look. The white supremacists are hateful nuts. And the black supremacists are hateful nuts. There are two sides of the same damn coin. There might as well be a grand dragon and the Ku Klux Klan run off his mouth. Yes, I did. I just, just, I just did that. I actually compared him to a KKK Grand Dragon. Yes, I did. Uh, the notion that we're allowed to be hateful, we're allowed to be racist, but you can't do it. It's got to stop. Equal protection of the law. Justice is justice. Justice is blind. I don't care if you're skin black or white. You, you live under the civilized law, or you are an outlaw, and you live outside civilization. And when you bump into civilization, you will likely end up dead or in prison. And these hateful ones, someone's going to just pop them before even talking to them. You have somebody going around saying this publicly, and then you run into one. And it gets in your face. You feel threatened. I'm telling you what's going to happen. 
And he has a gun on him, by the way. They always do. Some of them bulletproof vests, too. I think Shabir Shabuzu, he got busted for walking around in a uh, with a gun and a bulletproof vest, which, it, where he was, was against the law to be carrying a gun with a bulletproof vest, believe it or not. I'm just saying, they're prepared, you better be prepared. If it, violence, if they want violence, you've got to be ready to do more violence to them than they're willing to do to you. It's the only way to win. And start practicing for bulletproof vests. Headshots, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, but that's just the only guaranteed way you're going to pop them out. Pop them between the eyes. The new police state. <laughs> the new, that's the new police state. I don't know if it's new. Uh, from addictinginfo.org. A SWAT team raided a family home and killed their dog because they were unable to pay their natural gas bill, according to a federal lawsuit filed this month. According to the lawsuit, the plight of Angela Zurich and her family began at their home in St. Louis County, Missouri, on April 25, 2014, when county police officers visited the home to shame the family publicly for failing to pay their utility bill. After inspecting the home and receiving a cuss from Zurich's son, they fixed a problem property sticker on the exterior of the window at the front of the property. On April the 28th, Zurich called St. Louis County Police Department to find out what was going on and what action, if any, she could take to resolve the situation. She was told that she was being investigated for two violations against the city code, failing to have natural gas or electric service. She admitted to not having a gas supply, but stated that her house did have electricity and requested a second inspection of the home to confirm her story. But no inspection ever happened. Instead, the very next day, the St. Louis County Police Tactical Response Unit launched a devastating raid on Angela Zerk's home. The Riverfront Times gives a horrifying overview of the lawsuit. Zorik was at home with several family members and her pit bull, Kia. When a St. Louis County Police Tactical Response Unit... Oh, you have to wait to the other side. This is your cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. What are you doing, Susan? I can't find it. You can't find what, Susan? What can't you find? I cannot find the sound file. There it is. You better, Sorry, guys. This is a hard break, Susan. Sorry.
Stuart Shepard. This is Stoplight. If you change a light bulb, you get a new light. If you change a tire, you get a new tire. If you change a baby, you keep the baby, you get a new diaper. Right? That's right. But now you can apparently run for president without knowing how to make change. You understand that in this election, the greatest risk we can take is to try the same old politics with the same old players and expect a different result. The change we need doesn't come from Washington. Change comes to Washington. Leon Panetta, Obama's pick for CIA, was chief of staff under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's chief of staff, was a senior advisor under Bill Clinton. With the same old players. Robert Reich, one of Obama's economy gurus, was secretary of labor under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Eric Holder, Obama's pick for attorney general, was deputy attorney general under Bill Clinton. Carol Browner, Obama's global warming guru, ran the EPA under Bill Clinton. Susan Rice, Obama's pick for the UN, was an assistant secretary of state under Bill Clinton. The same old politics with the same old players. Ironically, one person who did not have any truly official position in the Clinton administration is Obama's pick for secretary of state, Hillary Clinton. I can't wait to see what hope means. You, you keep the baby and you get a new diaper. I sound like Mr. Radio Guy. Does that sound bad to you? Yeah? Dr. King was a real man. You know he was a Republican. Dr. King, a Republican? Democrats passed those black codes and Jim Crow laws. Democrats started the Ku Klux Klan. White hoods and sheets? Democrats fought all civil rights legislation from the 1860s to the 1960s. Democrats released those vicious dogs and fire hoses on blast. Seriously? And the Dixiecrats remained Democrats and vowed to vote for a yellow dog before a Republican. Republicans freed us from slavery and put our right to vote in the Constitution. What? Republicans started the NAACP, Affirmative Action, and the HBC. Used. Sounds like Democrats have bamboozled blacks. Democrats blocked the minimum wage passed by Republicans, and over $200 billion have been spent on education, health care, and job training since President Bush took office. So Democrats want to keep us poor while voting only Democrats. Democrats want us to accept same-sex marriages, teen abortions without a parent's consent, and suing the Boy Scouts for saying God in their pledge. See, we need to think and vote on our own values. Exactly. Democrats have talked the talk, but the Republicans have walked the walk. Girl, it's time for us to do, do the, the walk. walk. <laughs> you know it, girl. We built this city. You didn't build that. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. You didn't build that. We built this city on rock and roll. That's the reason I'm running for president because I still believe in that idea. You didn't build that. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddles or Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Uh, what should we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, uh, 
evil exists, we see it all the time. In the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spine. Defeated. Defeated. Let me just say... Uh, Defeated. Back to the Club Career Show. Uh, I guess you could probably tell. All right. Um, back up to the story here again. Zork was at home with several family members and her pit bull, Kia. When a St. Louis County Police Tactical Response Unit, same thing as SWAT, they all have different names, SWAT, burst through the door without knocking, according to her suit. The unit had at least five officers with M4 rifles, supported by at least eight uniform officers. Now, this is the second story that makes me go, what the heck is going on? Some some chick didn't pay her student loan bill, so a SWAT unit kicked in where they thought she lived, but she didn't live there anymore, killed their dogs, uh, you know, and harassed the people there, too. I pip-walked them, stuck them in a hot car, handcuffed that you would get put in jail for doing to a dog. All, all because of student loan repayment? When did that happen? Now they didn't pay natural, they didn't hook up the natural gas, so they, they sent, they sent a armed unit out? With a no-knock warrant? How do you get a judge to give you a no-knock warrant to kick down that door? I'm curious. It, they, I want to know who the judge was that signed that, that order. Or if they didn't, and it was just the police acting on what the mayor has to, to do or whoever, because they, they don't like these people. I mean, come on. Five officers with M60s, the M4s, short versions, supported by at least eight uniformed officers. That's a lot of police just because you don't have natural gas. The officers entered so quickly, Zorg's suit alleges, that Kia didn't even have the time to bark. A tactical officer fired three shots into the dog, and the dog's bladder and bowels released as she fell to the floor. The dog was lying on the floor in her own waist, blood struggling to breathe. She had a gasp, gaping hole in her chest. Zorg claims the officers kept trying to talk to her about the natural gas, but she was focused on her dog whom she'd raised as a puppy, and who, she says, had never shown any aggression to any person. At one point in the raid, Zorik alleges, the officer pointed his firearm at her son's head and said one word, Motherfucker, and I'll put you three in you, quote, unquote. That's exactly how it's written, I'm sorry. After witnessing this horrific accident, Zorik was cuffed and arrested and entered into custody of the local police station. The citation issued to Zorik, the behavior which supposedly justifies his militarized assault, substandard sighting, guardrail, screens, window glass, and deck at the home. To St. Louis County, it would appear that being too poor to maintain your home 
to an ideal standard warrants a dozen armed men dressed for war to blast their way into your home and shoot your dog. When Zark was finally allowed home, she found a scene of utter devastation. The beds were overturned, items that had adorned her shelves had been thrown onto the floor, the place had been completely trashed. This is an example of police overreaching and using excessive force to get a family out of their house. Judge to give you a no-knock warrant to kick down that door. I'm curious. It th I want to know who the judge was that signed that that order. Or if they didn't, and it was just the police acting on what the mayor asked them to do or whoever, because they, they don't like these people. I mean, come on. Five officers with M16s, the M4s, short versions, supported by at least eight uniformed officers. That's a lot of police just because you don't have natural gas. The officers entered so quickly, Zorg's suit alleges, that Kia didn't even have the time to bark. A tactical officer fired three shots into the dog, and the dog's black. A Wisconsin a SWAT team raided the wrong house, threw a flashbag and grenade into a child's crib while the two-year-old was in it, blowing a hole in the child. In Dallas, the SWAT team held a six-hour standoff with an empty apartment. Meanwhile, the Detroit cop who shot seven-year-old Ayanna Jones as she slept in her grandmother's arms after a raid on the wrong residence is back on full duty. While President Caesar Brooks abominus moved to end the program which armed local police force with armored personnel carriers, grenade wow, this person can't spell at all, grenade launchers and M sixteen rifles, concerted action is required to bring the problem of the Americans' militarized police forces to an end. Until that action happens, egregious abuses of power like this will remain a stain upon our nation's conscience. Hear, hear. We live in a police state. That is not the fault of police officers in general. It's response to our government. That's who's responsible. And for training of police officers at the academy that they no longer protect and serve, but command and control us. This is the government's fault. Now, the police officers that seem to be going along with it, shame on you. Just utterly, I know power corrupts, and I know the temptation of the badge and the gun, but this is unconscionable. There, your police and sheriff's deputies are your own fellow citizens. When they turn against you and take away your liberties, your guaranteed liberties, which is the opposite of what a law enforcement officer should be doing, they're supposed to protect your rights. They're not supposed to violate them. A sick, cancerous government has infected the police force with the same sickness. It's time for us to take it back. We take back our local governments. And when in so doing, police department and or sheriff's departments as well. Well, the mayor controls the police. So if you have police instead of sheriffs, getting a good mayor there that understands limited government and will end these SWAT nonsense to justify their existence when they only need them maybe once every four years in some places. But we got to... So they just use them for everything so they can keep charging us, ta the taxpayers, 
to be training SWAT teams. That's what this whole thing is like about. All I gotta say, be careful. The law enforcement officers are not our friends. Don't treat them as a friend. Believe me, when they got you in the room and they're letting you sit there waiting for them to come talk to you and interrogate you, you'll you'll start to forget the notion real quick that they're not your friends. Don't talk to them. Unless, you know, you call them for a problem. But I mean, if they ask you questions, just say, am I under arrest? No, then leave. Do you have a warrant? No, leave. Well, we can go back with a warrant. You do that. And then I'll talk to you. Bye. This is how you're going to have to act. You run afoul of the police, believe me, they're there to put your backside behind behind bars. Uh, and police don't aren't the smartest people in the world, by the way. I've known quite a few of them. They, so a lot of them are pretty kind of dense. So they won't understand certain nuanced situations. It's it's more like Goombas, become me, boom, 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 you know. Uh, some cops are like that. Some police forces are like that. And uh, that's a fact. Not all of them, and certainly not all the officers. Unfortunately, most of the good officers leave because they don't want to be part of it. And we met one here in Montana that left and went and took a state job investigating local law enforcement because he said they're so corrupt that he had to do something. This is not something, I'm not, I'm not an anti-police person. I was a New York City paramedic in the ghettos of New York City. I worked with cops all the time. I, the cops in my area, if they couldn't find a backup to go on a, through a door on a gun run, me and my partner would put ourselves on their back and we'd go through the door with them. Without a gun or a bulletproof vest. I partied with them. I went to bars with them. I, I had a very close relationship with police officers. And I also know that there are, are bad cops and good cops because I met both of them. Uh, problem is, there's too many bad cops. And there should be none, but there's too many. There's more. I, I would say probably there's more bad cops than good cops right now. But someone trying to stick it out till they get their pension, uh, might not be a bad guy at all. He's just not going to be turning Serpico. He's going to he's going to leave on his retirement and get out of there. Uh, remember what happened to Serpico? You know, you turn on a New York City Police Department. That do understand that they're considered the most powerful police department in the United States and some places the world. They go to other countries and teach how to police. The New York City Police do. Uh, yeah, they're they're very octuan police department, and they're very powerful, and they're very dangerous because there's so much endemic corruption that has been in New York City police since the get go. Uh, that it, some people do, some people are actually capable of killing people to make sure that you don't turn on them and, and expose them. In fact, the ones that we're talking about that you would expose, they have no problems killing you. They've killed plenty of people already. All right. Well, I'm not. I'm just trying to make sure you understand that as much as we'd like all police officers to be our friends, 
in 99% of the situations nowadays, they are not our friend. I'm sorry, when they start taking cameras away from people that are recording them interacting with the public, smash them and arrest the people that was recording their behavior, that should tell you in and of itself how corrupt things are. Well, and it goes deeper than that before we go on to our next segment, Brian. It's not just that. It's also all of our public servants think that they don't serve us. I mean, you go to a town hall meeting and try to, or or even your local school board, or your local, uh, what do you call it, um, not Chamber of Commerce, what am I thinking about? The uh, council, the city councils. Yeah. You, know, you go to those meetings and you try to tell them, you know, you're out of control. You're unconstitutional. And they either have you arrested or they shut you down. Well, the local government would not be unconstitutional. If it was against the state constitution, mm-hmm. yes, it would. If it was, Well, the city charter outlines the powers for the city government. Right. Just like the constitution does for the state government. And, of course, anything the state has to comply with in their state constitution covers the whole state. All municipalities must comply with that. Well, that's two things here in Montana. Like in Butte, they were telling the shop owners that they weren't allowed to have firearms in their shops to yep. protect them. And it was a lie. And it was a lie. And they had to go and they went up to the state legislature and they told them what was going on. No, the state no, attorney. It, it just dawns on me. How many, sher- how many problems do you have with sheriffs? Hardly any. Police departments, forget about it. <laughs> Every police department I've interacted here in, in uh Montana has been just Horrendous. just overly authoritative. Let's put it that way. O- overly so. They're not not any kind of attitudes you'd expect to see that it weren't in times of like social unrest. We're talking just interactions about nothing, little things, uh, and they tend to be well. If they don't like you, you're gonna lose. That's all. The, that's the way that works. Um, but again, this has been a growing trend. You can't even go into no, a town no. hall meeting and ask our elected cockroaches and tell they them. They have you arrested that's for exactly interrupting, right. interrupting their, their meeting. And God forbid you call them a name. What are you, a wuss? Get a life. Or use foul language. I wouldn't use foul language, but I would tell them you you're an incompetent yes, doofus. Yes, you would. You're from New York. <laughs> yes, you would. I would just say you're an incompetent doofus. And I, that would get me arrested. I, I would just tell you not to talk to them at all. Just like I just explained to everybody else, I would very much express that you should never talk to police. Ever. Okay, but I'm talking about going to She your... has no control of so she, she just she yells at him, screams at him, and, and they're just going to lock her up. Because they can't. There's books. I bet you there's law in the book. Every single local has the same book on, or, on uh, disorderly conduct. If you raise your voice or use foul language, you're a violation of that law. You have freedom of speech, but you're not allowed to do it loudly, it seems. Or using the language of your choice. And I guess that's what they're using on all these people going to the different meetings. Seriously. They used it on me. (laughs) Just because I yelled at my neighbor, the one who shot at me. Lucky that's all I've done to him. But, you know, we can't... It's so discouraging because what are you going to do? Like, we're going, we're talking about what's up with our schools. Okay, you go to a school board meeting, you say, no, just say no. You don't go to a school board meeting, take it over. If, if your school is not doing what you want, take it over with conservatives. Fix it. We have to start at the school, so it's your first step. 
take it over. Either by you running or by you finding someone and helping run to get it into the enough people in there to fix things so that public school isn't a doctrination center that's that's twisting their brains and remapping their minds so that they'll never be able to think right again. Certainly not independently. Well that's what Common Core is all about. I'd like to find out how to fire them first. You have you, you know there's what I'm ways saying? you can do to get rid of people and that's fine. The best way to fire someone is to get elected in their place. That's how you get rid of politicians, elections. Yes, you, of course. If if you had some, whoever was over the city council, uh, whoever's above them, if you had control of that uh, political person, then they could stop what they're doing. But chances are, that's it. City council, if they're going to do it, there's no one going to stop them. You just, I, you live with these people. You should know them, and you should know what needs to be done. And charter schools still take federal dollars, so they're still going to have to, now they're going to have to teach Common Core. How could they, Obama's not going to let them not. you got to be kidding me. The government's not going to let them not do Common Core. In charter schools, if you take money from the federal government, you're going to teach Common Core. You need to get your kids the heck away from the national government schools. No, there are local schools. We pay for them. No, you don't. You partially pay for them. Every student gets X amount of dollars from the national government. Well, the student doesn't get it. That's the problem. The school gets it. And they think of it as their money. That's why they hate when, you, when you're not there every day, no matter if you're sick or not. Which is stupid, because public schools are like a petri dish. If you want to, you want to talk about really doing things, you can... You could, you don't have to go there and have these big shootout things that we're doing now. You could just walk through the school and let off a virus. <laughs> they'd all they'd all be getting it, and uh, they'd be bringing it home. And you get the idea. There's a lot of ways people can kill people. Guns is guns are not the problem. Guns will help stop those people, or at least curtail how much damage they could do. In the rights of citizens, which, by the way, has been happening quite often lately, where concealed carry holders had come to the rescue, either shooting the bad guy, I'm talking in a public place where people were in danger, or at the place where they were going to do a mass shooting, there was this woman who pulled out her gun and killed him, stopped the whole thing. That's see, We, the people, armed with knowledge and a firearm, are the ones that can stop anything. Criminals. Terrorists, rapists, all of them. Because we're always going to be there. And if you understand it's not the cop's job to protect you or anybody else, then whose job is it? Well, it's our job to help protect our fellow man, so it's yours. You see someone getting raped, you pull out your gun and you stop it. What do you think dialing 911 is going to do? They'll be done by the time they get there. Again, I can honestly tell you, where all these problems are, we the people will be there. It's guaranteed. Police? Almost never. Okay, so what's up with our schools? Well, you know, I always have to play the soundbite to remind the folks out there of how crazy the left and the commies are about schools. So I gotta push the button. Well, I'll push the button. We have... 
never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Melissa Harris Perry, Tampon Queen. I love the birdies in the background. <laughs> no, that's that's inside her brain. <laughs> oh man, no, this is really how they feel. This is seriously. She just she that oh, was great. It, it it's one that's part of the, one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto that she's too stupid to even know. It's this destruction of the family unit. Is it that and the destruction of religion are key? They've destroyed our religion, the Christian religion, by infiltrating it. Sorry, uh, for you progs that go to church, I I bet you're real happy your pastor's a prog. But for the rest of us, if your pastor is teaching you nonsense, why would you go to that church? It's time to either take your church back from the progs or go to another church. You know, it, it makes it seem like you're, you're, you're just supporting everything they're doing when you let your pastor be a prog. Or how about this? Silent on issues because it has a political nature. Politics is in everything. Religion and politics cannot be completely disassembled because when it comes to social issues, you have to take a right and wrong stance. That's just that's just the way it is. Oh, and Catholics, uh, congratulations! You have the first communist pope. Well, there's a reason I left the Catholic Church, and you're finding out about it now. Uh, I don't like to turn. I don't like to talk bad about any religion except Islam. Uh, well, it's not a religion because it's an, because it's a theocracy. It's a government, and it's evil. But, I, you know, I don't, I really don't like to put down other people's faiths. Uh, just because I decided the Catholic Church wasn't living up to my expectations doesn't mean it didn't meet up theirs. Okay, so this is from Fox News. Children are creating their own black markets to trade and sell salt. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Lady Mama Obama's school lunchroom, oh, this is great. Do you realize she's now turned our public schools in, back in time thousands of years to a time when we used to use salt as currency? Yeah, they're progressives, all right, like I say. They're not progressing. You've scored anything but serfdom. Uh, yeah. Brian's laughing because he does a cold show for those that are just tuning in and on our regular listeners. He gave me all these stories, but he never knows what he's going to get. So that's why he laughed so heartily when he heard this. During a hearing before the House Subcommittee on Early Childhood, Elementary, and Secondary Education, chaired by Representative Tom Rokita, Republican Indiana, a school administrator told Congress of the unintended consequences 
of the Help Hunger Free Kids Act <laughs> that she completely stole from the VA anyway. Hunger free? Really? These kids seem like they're pretty damn hungry to me, but not for the crap the, she's giving them. It's the opposite of it's healthy, but it ain't hunger free. Did you see the little poor shits? How could you not be hungry? They're growing children. They're like they're like engines that constantly have to be fed. You can't treat them like an adult. You can't treat them like this is stupid. That that we allowed this to happen proves that we're too stupid to be trusted with children, obviously, because. Well, you, you you drop them off there, don't you? Or you have the bus pick them up and take them there, right? Well, that's child abuse. Well, there's not there's not enough places to put all the children that from all the people that are committing child abuse by sending them to the government schools. Hunger free, you, you know. Perhaps the most. You don't understand, they're trying to take over every, as much of our lives as possible, and you're giving them our children, our future. You hand to these people. Perhaps the most colorful example in my district is that students have been caught bringing and even selling salt, pepper, and sugar in school to add taste to perceived bland and tasteless cafeteria food, said John S. Payne, the president of Blackford County School Board of Trustees in Hartford. You know, in most of these places, you can't even send your kid to lunch with a ba a bag lunch. I'm wondering how bad uh, how the lunchbox industry. I bet they all went out of business because they don't allow. Most schools won't allow you bring your own kids' own food in because you too much worry about what they're going to bring in. They might do something evil like bringing peanut butter or something, or 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 sweet treats that they might share with another student. I have to be in complete control of you when you're in the indoctrination centers. From what you eat, what you think, to what you do. And enough. Kill, this is killing our future more than anything else. Stop. There are other options, and the more of you that do it, there'll be more and cheaper options. Just get your kids out. All right. Uh, I can't believe this is horrible. Hartford City, Indiana. This contraband economy is just one example of many that reinforce the call for flexibility with the rules. He said, "How is it a black market? Is it now against the law for these kids to trade in salt and sugar and pepper?" I, I, they, they act like there's a law. It's, it's a contraband economy, an underground economy. It's the black market. It's just a normal market. When there is a void in the market, a need, someone tends to fill that need. That's the free market. They're experiencing a little of the free market here, and they can't have that, ladies and gentlemen. They're learning the wrong lesson. They're learning free markets are good, and government, big government sucks. All you have to do to convince your kid that big government sucks, and they're all there just, just twisting at your brain? It's just talk about this. This is proof. You could straighten your kids out with a little jolt of reality. I never thought of it that way. Oh my God. The government did this to me. <laughs> yep, you'll learn government's a necessary evil, but never this big. Perhaps the most colorful example in my district is that students have been caught bringing 
and even selling salt, pepper, sugar, blah, blah, blah. This contraband is just one example of many that reinforce the call for flexibility with the rules. Payne noted other problems with the one-size-fits-all approach. Hey, I, haven't I been saying that? Uh, we're on a trend. Approach to providing healthier meals to students, including fewer kids participating in the program, and higher food waste. The trend started in 2012 when the school lunch law, which was championed by Mrs. Obama, went into effect. Students are avoiding cafeteria food, Payne said. More students bring their lunch. And a few student parents even check out their children from campus, taking them to a local fast food restaurant or home for lunch. I used to go to McDonald's. Myself, I'd walk out. I wasn't. They found out we were doing stuff like that. They tried to stop me. Us too. They tried to stop me from leaving during my lunch break. Said I couldn't. Well, I wasn't allowed to leave the, the school. Now this was in high school too. Yes, high school. Okay, we we weren't little kids. And so I just went to the cafeteria like I was supposed to, and when nobody was looking, I they had. Unlocked doors leading out yeah, to the outside. Yeah, we would just sneak out. I just, I just walked out. I didn't sneak. Just I walked and went. Ate McDonald's, came back. I, to this day, I love McDonald's, even though, uh, you know, I make my own hamburger, cheeseburger, stuff. We do. And uh, I still love McDonald's. It's because it brings me back to my childhood. And once a week, we got to go to McDonald's. Well, actually, it was Wetson's before it was McDonald's. Well, I'm glad that they're pointing out that the parents are stepping up. They're like, all right, fine, I'll go get the kids. Or yeah, but some places they don't allow people to bring in food because they don't want any food allergy problem. A lot of schools will not allow it. It's against the rules. So then you have to take them out to a fast food restaurant, don't you? Check them out. Oh, I can't. I'm at work all day. Oh, well, then your kid's kind of screwed. He's got to sneak out on his own. I, I I can't tell you. I we weren't well, we weren't guaranteed to eat at the cafeteria anyway. You had to pay, unless you were poor. And why my parents would never pay two dollars for a meal? They could make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I never throw it in a paper bag I've and send me off to school. I have never had a cafeteria lunch. Ever. Oh, I made them let me. I used my own money. I made them let me do it with pizza day. I know you said that before. Even though definitely. they made the worst pizza on the planet, it was still pizza. I was a kid. I, I I still do. I love pizza. I I could eat pizza every day. I used to. Actually. All right. Uh, Pate also said school fundraisers like bake sales have been canceled due to the rules and whole grain items, and most of the broccoli end up in the trash in his district. Doctor Lynn Harvey agreed that the whole grain requirement is not working as kids refuse to eat dense and dry biscuits and unpalatable grits. When it you know if you like. You gotta know how to make. I could make tasty food for the kids, and probably still follow their, their guidelines. But it wouldn't be enough food. But it would taste good at least. Uh, these cafeteria people—they—they they went to this place. I don't know. It's, it's some kind of school of culinary torture that uh, they go to, and they—they they come out and they learn how to make the most horrid, tasteless food on the planet. And it's not necessary. Uh, little herbs. Fortunately, you do need a little salt and pepper. Uh, it's flavor. It's called flavor. And salt is a flavor enhancer. Now, you can get away with cutting back on the salt if you use a little cayenne pepper. Because cayenne pepper is also a flavor enhancer. It wakes up your taste buds. Therefore, you need less salt when you use it. See? It doesn't mean you use no salt. No, nothing tastes good. 
I can't imagine anything tastes good without salt. Even baked goods, they put a pinch of salt in. This is why we used to trade salt, because everybody needs salt. And by the way, you do need salt. So if you don't have enough salt, your sodium potassium malfunctions, and then you got all kinds of problems. Well, that's what they're doing to these kids, Brian. They're going to end up. With... These kids are going to end up not developing properly. Yep. Physically. And now mentally. Physically and mentally. They're going to be screwed. But you can all just keep dropping them off. When it comes to the whole grain rich variations of biscuits, crackers, and cornbread, all too often students simply toss them into the trash cans. You can't have cornbread without salt and butter. What is wrong with these are kids. They burn off more calories than we do. You know that, right? They're growing. I can't. I, I, I just don't understand treating your children this way. I, I really can't. I, it, Uncle Lou and it, she were poor, and Uncle Lou was, was a real pain in the neck. But he would never do, he would never allow this. In fact, he had told me, he didn't care what the school said. If somebody, if somebody hits me, I'm to hit him back. And up to make them realize that they never want to hit me again. And he said, if I, if it, if I didn't do that, he would kick my backside himself. And I got to tell you, I was much more afraid of Uncle Lou than any kid in school. Uncle Lou was in good shape, but he was a laborer and he was strong. He may be a little guy, but he was strong and I was, I was still a little kid. He scared the crap out of me. All right. We're going to go to a short break on Mama Obama and cornbread. This is your corporate radio show. You stay tuned cause we'll be right back. socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Are payday loans ruining your life? Do you want control over your money again? If you have two or more Payday Loan Cash Advances, listen closely. You may be eligible for a program payday loan companies don't want you to know about. A program that may help get aggressive in unfair payday loan companies out of your bank account and get you back on track to financial freedom. 
Payday loan companies may trap you into paying outrageously high interest rates. And they take way too much of your hard-earned money every week. We understand their tactics and know how to keep them off your back. We'll fight hard to help you regain control of your money. If you have two or more Payday Loan Cash Advances, call right now for a free consultation. 877-314-2657 Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800-764-9168. 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. 964 Okay, and welcome back to the Uncle Radio Show right in the middle of Mama Obama and Cornbread. I love cornbread and chili. Yeah, we're going to have to make some more cornbread. And some more chili. But we haven't found a recipe we like yet. You know that, right? Yeah, I haven't really tried. I haven't made any myself. Uh, there, there are recipes for uh, Dutch oven cornbread, so we'll figure it out. That's our only oven, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have an oven. So we use a Dutch oven on top of the stove as an oven. Just like the Dutch intended, right? That's why they call it a Dutch oven. All right. Uh, all too often, students simply toss them into trash cans. Said Harvey, who, is that the rabbit? The invisible rabbit? <laughs> who serves as, it says, Chief of School Nutrition Services at the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction, which oversees lunch programs for schools that enroll 1.5 million students. This product dissatisfaction has contributed to a decline in breakfast participation in 60% of North Carolina school districts, she said. Biscuits and corn muffins are part of the state's cultural and regional food heritage, just as bagels are traditional in the Northeast and tortillas in the Southwest, Harvey added. These foods are very popular breakfast items. In addition, the whole grain flour has created products that are dense, compact, dry, crumbly, instead of light, moist, tender, and flaky. In other words, like we already knew, if we wanted to... If we don't want to have any food that tastes good ever again, we could follow a diet program that would make Mama Obama happy. But you have to give up light, moist, tender, and flaky. Oh, and tasty. Yeah, but she doesn't have to, and neither do her kids. Heck no, man. You should see the burger she was scoffing down. French fries. I don't know, American fries. Whatever. 
You know, and I like the one thing that Mike, Mark Levin does every once in a while. He finds out what the freaking kids are eating in their school and says their, their lunch menu, their breakfast menu, their lunch menu, what they eat. You know, like really good, yummy food. But our kids, no, your kids aren't good enough. Just so you know, they're, they need to, they're trashed. So we, they're just going to. Well, let me explain this to you. If you're taking from the government, you deserve everything you get. Pay for your own child's education. Let's end this whole property tax and We're not, that's what I'm going to say. We're not taking from the government. The government's taking our money to trash our kids. Oh, no, that's the local government taking your money. But as I said, they get 7000 something dollars per child from the national government. Right, which we give the national government, too. But that's what they hold over the schools to control them. They won't, oh, you won't get funding. Every time a kid's sick... You don't get paid for it. This is dumb because, like I said, they're petri dishes and you're encouraging them to come to school sick and get everybody else sick. And I'm sorry about everybody up in arms about the mandatory vaccinations. When I went to public school, I had to have proof of vaccinations like a dog before they let me in kindergarten. That was the reality of life. Does it make it right? I'm not saying that. It's nothing new. You go to the government school. You take the government product. You pay the government price. So stop taking from the government. Better yet, stop giving to them, meaning power, by just letting them take it into, oh, well, it must be right. The Supreme Court said it's okay. You should know what's right or wrong. The court is not supposed to make these decisions. They don't have the authority under Article 3, Section 2. Find it. All this stuff, there's no judicial review. They're not the ones to decide constitutionality. That was left to the states and the people, respectively, in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, which were redundant, because that's how the Constitution worked. Anyway, if it didn't say they had the power, they didn't. And we had all of it, as it says in the ninth. You know, basically, what it says is government power is limited and people's power unlimited. That's what the Ninth Amendment says. And the Tenth Amendment talks about deciding constitutionality. It's, that's the nullification of the state government. And the only way this works is if you take back the state government with small-minded conservatives. Small minded. That sounded funny. A small government minded conservative. Uh, but I know a bunch of libs out there had a good laugh at that. Yeah, you're small minded. Actually, conservatives are very, no, just the opposite. It's, it's actually the left that's small minded. Too stupid to learn from history. I'm sorry. If you're too stupid to learn from history, why does anybody listen to you? I, I don't understand why you listen to these idiots that keep spouting this left wing drivel. It's all been, all been, all been disproven over this, over history. All. Failed, failed, failure, failure everywhere. Failure everywhere it's been tried. Failure, failure. But let's keep doing it here in America because we're the ones that are going to get it right. Uh, they, there is no getting it right. You go down the left path, you call it whatever you want. You are going to end up with totalitarianism. A tyrannical government. Centralized power is evil. Stop 
allowing them to centralize the power. They don't have it. It's not in the Constitution. No, the General Welfare Clause does not apply to everything they're doing. Nothing, as a matter of fact. It meant for the General Welfare of the Republic, which they have not done. As a matter of fact, they have destroyed the Republic. We don't have a Republic. We, at best, have a democratic, uh, democratic representative government. That's it. At, at best, but it's all twisted with commie socialists uh, in the markets. and uh, This is just horrible. It's great for people in power. People in power don't, they think this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, Plato's Republic, all those people, they know how to spend your money better than you do, people. Uh, they're the ones that going to run everything. And we're just go about our business like little serfs and shut up. Well, if you want to be a serf, just keep acting the way you've been acting. If you don't want to be a serf, start taking over your your local government. Move. Go. Stop listening to me right now. Go do it. It's too late. Everything's closed, so you have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey said since the new rules went into effect, participation in the school lunch program interstate declined by 5%, a loss of nearly 13 million meals in two years. School districts across the country have echoed Payne's and Harvey's complaints. Students have noted the unappetizing fare on Twitter with the viral hashtag, quote, thanks Michelle Obama. You notice they don't even call her Lady, First Lady Obama. They call her just Michelle Obama. What about it? There's no respect there. First of all, on Twitter, use as little words as possible. That's true. Still. <laughs> but see, I'd have put Mama Obama. Which led the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, to launch their own social media campaign, soliciting pictures of more appetizing food. That they're not getting. That, they're not getting <laughs> it. They're just going to put these pictures up, look at this wonderful food. They're not going to say any more than that. They're not going to actually say they're giving it to the kids, but you will assume that's what the kids are eating. That's called propaganda. More than one million students fled the lunch line during the first year the standards went into effect. House Republicans have introduced legislation to give schools more flexibility in meeting the rules. A bill sponsored by Representative Christy Noem, Republican South Dakota, would ease sodium restrictions, giving school administrators flexibility on some of the rules that have increased costs, including the school breakfast program, a la carte options, and school lunch price increases, and make USDA's easing of the meat and grain requirements permanent, according to the Hill. Now, look at this. Increased costs. This is what the progs do. Increased costs for less food and less flavor. It cost more to make tasteless crap that was thrown away than to make the other stuff that they were eating before Mama Obama stuck a nose into it. If the parents of the local school district didn't like the menu, they could change it. They could work to they could go to the school board and petition them to change it. Where this federal mandate from the town of you that's that that's non negotiable. You can't change it. Or you can't get money. And Mama Obama is a thug. 
Oh, yes. I, I'm willing to bet she could beat the crap out of her husband. Oh, that's just racist because she's black. No, it's because she's bigger, meaner, and stronger than her husband. Have you seen those guns on her? Have you seen Obama's? <laughs> You've never seen him out of a suit jacket, have you? Because he's got no arms. He's a skinny thing. Man, she could just probably yell at him and he'll fall down. Isn't it great to have someone like that in the White House? Just... Yeah, she's awful. She's <laughs> awful. I'm just talking about him. What a wuss. The clear solution to these problems is local leadership and flexibility, Payne said. When local school districts have the authority and flexibility to make adjustments, honoring the spirit and intent of the law, they can provide students with healthy, nutritious, and appetizing meals. No, they can't. Not without uh, costing everybody more money. Sorry. Uh, that's for at home. When you get something for free, you get what, what we can afford to give you. And it ain't going to be these nutritious things because they're expensive. It'd be cheaper to give every child a, multi, a multivitamin with their meal than to bother trying to make a healthy meal that you could afford to feed children. Because the government's a, the government makes everything expensive. If the government's involved, it's going to be expensive. They're throwing, away other, throwing around other people's money, and it affects the market. Well, if not, if not for their brains, how about for their palates? Take your local school board back. Get the government out. That'd be my. If you go just local, get rid of the government entirely. Be great. Uh, first step might be good. Just getting the federal government out, state and local government, and that's it. Then move to the next step. Sometimes financially, you don't want to make too big a turn too fast because it could cause financial hardships. But you have to move in a timely fashion and get it done. Anyway, flexibility is great. Here's how you have flexibility. The national government has no say in what I feed my children. Bye-bye. Next. Or teach. Next. National government. Why, how is the national government in charge of teaching their children? <laughs> yeah, they'll teach them what they want them to know. Do you think they want them to know all the important things? All the good philosophy about liberty and freedom and, and the um, Enlightenment period? Do you think they teach that at all? They don't even teach the Enlightenment period anymore. If they did, the kids would realize that we're violating the Constitution and all the precepts of the Enlightenment. You know, the Magna Carta, for God's sakes, we're violating. That government, I should say, is violating. It's not we, the people. Too many people are willing to put people like that into power and seem to think that this kind of life is okay. It's the way things are supposed well, to be. Everybody that we voted in, that they swore that they were with the Tea Party values and conservatives, lied. They all lied. You just read the bribery they took to flush us down the toilet. Not Ryan and Mike and Mike Lee, though. And all Those were the two exceptions. And Paul. Oh, what did I say, Ryan? Yeah. No, 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 Rand Paul. <laughs> Sorry. No, Ryan took the money. And voted wrongly. And the the no, the notion that they can give up their authority in the Constitution to ratify treaties by passing legislation. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one way to change powers in the Constitution, and that's to amend it. Has it been amended? Think about it. 
All right, again for Fox News, a California high school where a majority of juniors opted out of Common Core was back, has backed off of plans to ban the students from using the school's parking lot and from taking part in senior class activities after parents and education groups raised the fuss. C.J. Foss, principal of Calabasas High School in Los Angeles County, last week sent an email to senior seniors-to-be announcing that certain privileges would be withheld from students who skipped the controversial test, which detractors say is an attempt to nationalize America's public education system. Let me explain something to you. It, it, you have got nothing, you have solved nothing by getting your kids not to take the test. They're still getting taught the test. Anyway, that's all they're learning at school. You, know, you might not force them to take the test so they don't take the test. They're still getting their mind warped. It's a, it's, it's a psychological event that they're doing to your children. This isn't just about education. This is about permanently changing the way their brains work. And skipping the test? What are you learning in the classroom? That's the problem. Anyway, um, back to the story. Although the test, which critics say dictates curriculum, is widely known as Common Core, some states have different names for it. In the Golden State, the test is known as California Assessment of Student Performance and Progress. Senior activities, parking, and off-campus passes require students to have participated in the CAASP testing, seniors only, and to have cleared their service learning hours from prior years. Read the email sent by Floss. Under state law, students are permitted to opt out of the test prompting the punishing students for exercising their rights. So they were punishing the students for doing what the state said they could do. Well, they, the government said you could do it. They didn't say there would be penalties. <laughs> See, that's, that's, how they, that's how you always miss out. They don't really believe in right and wrong, good and evil. Whatever it takes to get the job done, that's what, that's what the ends justify the means. They have no idea that there's no way if they keep up that attitude you could possibly get it to heaven. Just say that to them. You realize that once upon a time we would have said that in, in a political debate? Because everybody was Christian. Well, the overwhelming majority Christian. Supposedly still are. I don't know where they're at. Uh, but then again, looking at their pastors, I kind of get it. Anyway, we got to go to a break. It's Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. The Terry O'Brien Show. The Terry O'Brien Show airs live in Vivid Red Light Blue. Sundays, 4 to 6 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. I think that most liberals are well-intentioned but misguided. They're like children who have the luxury of believing in the political equivalent of the tooth fairy. They need some tough love. They need a big old healthy dose of common sense and information. And when they get it, the smart ones will become conservative. Strap in for the wild ride with America's original conservative warrior princess. Mr. President. 
members of Congress. You've been making a lot of noise about taking our guns away. But you might want to review history. 1835, Gonzales, Texas Territory. The authorities wanted to confiscate the big gun that protected that colony. You know what the people said? Come and take it. Because they were willing to fight for their freedom and their guns. So are we. Come and take it if you want it. Come and take it if you think you can. Come and take it, but I warn you, you'll have to pry it from my COVID hands. We want the freedom that God gave us, so you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you gotta come through us and take it. One shot at a time. Just like Gonzalez, we're keeping our guns. As president, I expect to be judged and should be judged by the results of this program. Breaking news, the uh, May jobs report just came out and the numbers are not good. So the unemployment rate went up. 40 consecutive months of 8% unemployment or more. Government payrolls down 13,000, construction down 28,000. 300,000 more long-term unemployed. The U.S. saw the smallest increase in jobs in a year. Any way you slice it, uh, looks like last summer all over again. Practically nothing about this report that was positive. Well, this is Obama's economy, that's fine. Give it to me. The cheering and waving and the level of excitement. What that reminded me of was our trip to Africa um, two years ago. Uh, and the level of excitement that we felt in that country, the hope that people saw just in the sheer presence of somebody like Barack Obama, a Kenyan, a black man, a man of great statesmanship who they believe could change the fate of the world. When you see around the globe the maldistribution of wealth, the, the desperate plight of millions of people in underdeveloped countries, uh, when you see so few haves and so many have-nots, when you, when you see the greed and the concentration of power within, aren't you ever, did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. <laughs> this, the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. If you want to know where the masses are worse, worse off, worst off, it's exactly in the kinds of societies that depart from that. So that the record of history is absolutely crystal clear that there is no alternative way so far discovered of improving the lot of the ordinary people that can hold a candle to the productive activities that are unleashed by a free enterprise system. But it seems to reward not virtue as much as ability to manipulate the system. And what does reward virtue? You think the uh, communist commissar rewards virtue? You think a Hitler rewards virtue? 
You think, excuse me, if you'll pardon me, do you think American presidents reward virtue? Do they choose their appointees on the basis of the virtue of the people appointed or on the basis of their political clout? Is it really true that political self-interest is nobler somehow than economic self-interest? You know, I think you're taking a lot of things for granted. And just tell me where in the world you find these angels who are going to organize society for us. Well, I don't even trust you to do that. I want to thank Steve Voss for Come and Take It, and that was the great Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman. Yes, it's supposedly of the Chicago School of Economics, which is an offshoot of the Austrian School of Economics. He studied under uh, Hayek in Boston and Mises, I believe, both of which taught at the Chicago School, which is why I, I don't know that the difference why they would differentiate that much between Chicago and Austrian school. But either way, they're not the Frankfurt school. Anyway, if you don't know, you haven't been listening to the show, keep listening and I'll talk about it again. Anyway, they were punishing students now. It's as alarming that a principal would attempt to condition important benefits such as parking passes and participation in senior activities on the surrender of educational rights. Matthew McReynolds, senior staff attorney for the Institute, told FoxNews.com. None of our rights are safe if a government official can punish us for exercising those rights. But this is the government we have. This is progressivism. You have the right, but if you take it, we're going to make you sorry you ever did it. That's tyranny. We're already here. Everybody waiting for tyranny. We're here. Let's let's not go. Well, it doesn't really affect me. Uh, it's like we're down that road. We know where that leads. Oh, let them take them. It doesn't affect me. Let them take them. It doesn't affect me. Yeah, until... Till it does, and it will, and there'll be nobody to stand to help you, because they've already been taken. But you just keep up your little stupidity. The Institute would claim 75% of the class opted out of the test, fired back at Foss in a letter threatening a lawsuit. No school district is a law unto itself, McReynolds said. We are taking action to ensure that important laws such as parental opt-out rights continue to serve as checks and balances and do not become empty promises. When reached for comment, Foss told FoxNews.com she decided to temporarily reverse the policy. I have spoken to a small number of students and parents that pushed back against the decision to withhold special extracurricular activities based on participation in the California testing program. Foss said in a statement to foxnews.com, In the past, we have required participants in the test for various activities. However, after talking with the students and staff, I realized that before the test this year, we did not communicate the importance of participating in the test. 
So we will not withhold participation in the activities. Double talk to say from now on they're going to be held to it. When asked if the policy would be permanently changed, Foss said that it would have to be decided at a later date. We will have to work with our district office to determine the answer to that question. Let me tell you, she's been advised to say that, to stall for time, let the story die out before it gets any headway in the lamestream media, and then by the time it comes around, they're not going to live up to their promises, but the story's dead. The California case was not the first time a school was accused of trying to punish students for opting out of the standardized test. Last week, Foxers.com reported on a nine-year-old student in New Jersey who was barred from attending an end-of-year school event because she opted out of that state's version of Common Core testing. Michelle Thornton of Oldsman's Township said school officials would not let her daughter Cassidy participate in an untest afternoon party saying that the bash was only for students who took the partnership for assessment of readiness for college and careers exams. Thornton feels especially bad because it was she who told the girl not to take the controversial test. They weren't sure where they were going to put my daughter, so I told them that I would just pick her up early from school, Thornton said. When I went in to pick her up, there were two gaming trucks an outdoor play area, soccer and, vo- soccer and volleyball, cupcakes, juice boxes, and buckets full of prizes for the kids. There's take that, Mama Obama. Children, oh, you're so hot. My chickens are hot. It's like, it's a heat wave right now. <laughs> Luckily, it's a dry heat. But... They're very feathery. From the New York Post. How do you fix a failing high school? Change the grades. Under pressure to boost student achievement, state-designated, quote, out-of-time, end quote, automotive high school in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, has resorted to rigging Regents exam scores. That's a big deal. The New York State Regents program, that's that's like uh, that's the highest education degree you can get in New York State. I was in the Regents programs. Uh, that's how I know. The falling, the failing scores of five students who took the Regents in January were switched to passing scores of 65 or higher on their transcripts. The City Department of Education has confirmed. One junior saw his scores up to to pass two exams required for graduation. Living environment, in parentheses, says biology and algebra. Even though he had failed both classes, the student insisted he deserved a break on the exam because I studied my ass off, unquote. You know, there's a lot of cursing in news feeds now. I have to apologize, but I don't know that I really, I can't. I can't change the words of a quote. I, I can't do it. Uh, I know I know it's offensive and I've apologized, but I'm I'm quoting people. This is how they this is how people talk sometimes. And in New York all the time. In twenty eleven the state banned scrubbing, 
the practice of rescoring tests that fall just short of passing. In 2013, the Department of Education tried to fire a teacher who raised the scores of five students on a region's physics exam. In 2014, city scores plummeted after a new rule barred teachers from grading tests given at their own schools. Now the city has sanctioned it. This is scrubbing part two. <laughs> a veteran educator said of the automotive high school score changes. The teacher used to do it. Now it's the administrators. Automotive High School is one of the city's 94 low-performing renewal schools, which Mayor de Blasio showered with $31 million this school year and has vowed to revamp with $163 million next year. State Education Department has branded Automotive and seven other city schools out of time, meaning the schools require significant revamping or a shutdown. While declaring region scores final, state officials last week said exams may be rescored if the superintendent of schools has compelling reason to believe that an essay was not scored in accordance with the rating guide or according to the required procedures. The DOE said Amy Horowitz, superintendent of the renewal schools, reviewed and approved appeals for nine automotive students to have their January 2015 Regents exams rescored. The reasons were not explained. As a result, five students got higher scores, one stayed the same, and three decreased, officials said. Asked whether the Regents exams at other renewal schools were rescored, a DOA spokesman did not immediately answer Principal Katerina Lafragola, whom de Blasio kept in place despite years of failing to revive Automotive High School, was instrumental in the score changes, said students and staffers. Automotive Insiders said Lafragola instructed several teachers to go into a room and rescore the January exams in March. The DOE disputed that, saying no staff from Automotive are on the rescoring committee. The DOE disputed that, huh? Hmm. An automotive junior, that's a weird name for a school, who scored 64 on the biology regents in January, said he spoke to a guidance counselor and laughed for Gola. I wanted to see if I could get that one point, the junior said. I asked if they could do it for me. All he had to do, the student said, was sign his name on a list of about 20 classmates, most of with scores of 64 and some with 63. His score was raised to 72. The other junior, who had two exams rescored despite flunking both classes, had his algebra score raised from 64 to 65, and his biology score up from 64 to 69. No, again. See, the, and, and see when I went to public schools, get off my chair. When I went to public school, it was a little different. And, uh, I had to take, I was Regents, and I had actually failed algebra. I came mid-year at military school. Teacher was teaching a totally different way of teaching algebra than I already was taught in seventh grade in military school. So he confused the hell out of me, uh, because it was just a completely different way of doing it. And I think I had a 60, so I failed. That's the first thing I ever failed in my life. I graduated from military school number one in my class. He said to me, though, I said, well, okay, I failed, whatever. 
He goes, well, there's still the Regents exam. If you do, if you do well in the Regents exam, you'll pass the course. But the difference was I had to do well on the Regents exam. I got an 89 on the Regents exam, which was the, is a final exam. So he, he's like, I, ha- I, I kind of have to pass you, don't I? You seem to know the material. So yeah, I got a passing grade, but it was because I did, I taught myself the material. I got a self teaching book on algebra and I went through the exams over and over and over until I understood it and got better at it. And, and that was it. But it wasn't his credit. He didn't teach me squat. He untaught me. But again, this is our citizens doing this to our kids. That we're doing it to ourselves. Someone's telling you to go in and change a, your students. There's so gray. much corruption in public schools, it's unbelievable. you got to be kidding me. There's no way those teachers can think they're actually teaching children. Come on now. Any real, any good teachers at this point have left. Period. End of discussion. I don't care what you think. You're wrong. These aren't the teachers of you. These are, these are progs. These are people that believe in getting paid a lot for doing nothing. These are people that believe in brainwashing kids is a good idea. Because the good teachers won't stand for it, and they would have left, right? Think about it. You're sending your kid to the place where the teachers are going to teach the government propaganda. Is that really the place you want your child to be? They found extra points, he said. The other school that graded that test graded it wrong. I know I couldn't have failed it. He could have been, really? It seems like you just passed. I would be so, oh, I was pure. It's not like you got a 98 on it, kid. <laughs> 72 <laughs> is nothing to write home about. Uh, <laughs> he could benefit further. Schools may give class credits to students who fail a class but pass the Regents exam. That's what happened with me. There's nothing wrong with that. You're talking about failing, failing what your teacher says you're supposed to know, but then when you take the final Regents exam, which is a higher, it's a higher bar, and you do well on it, of course you should pass. You obviously, at the end, you obviously now know the material. There's nothing wrong with that, but just re-scoring is a different thing. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Scores posted, and that was my result. I got an 89. I still remember that because it was, it was a, it was a pretty traumatic time in my life. It was when I had my arm cut, cut up and a whole bunch of stuff was going on. Anyway, um, a sophomore who also failed his living environment classes had his failing 64 region score boosted to a 72. His mom, who learned about the score change from the post, was bothered. It's not, Beneficial for him, she said. It's going to hurt him on the long run. Her son spent most of the school year at a suspension site. He was ousted from automotive for fighting and accidentally jabbing a teacher who was trying to break it up with a pencil, she said. Automotive's latest region scores from June exams are dis- dismal. In living environment, 30 of 66 students who signed up for the test, did not show up. Of 36 who took it, only 4 passed. 11%. 
Last year, Lafragola got rid of a highly successful living environment teacher in Common Core Math, just one student out of 25 passed. In trigonometry, all seven test takers failed. They fared better in English, 33 test takers or 37% passed. And U.S. history, 61 students or 42% passed. Wow, 37% is the bar now, huh? The Blasio attended uh, the commencement last Thursday for boys and girls high school, another out-of-time renewal school. He hailed the 93 grads as symbols of progress. But he skipped automotive ceremony the day before when only 43 of 98 seniors, 43%, received diplomas, down from 2014's 49% graduation rate. Heading in the wrong direction, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happens. The more bureaucracy, the worse things get. The more they try to fix this, the worse it's going to get. It's a, it's a formula that's never failed me. Automotive's enrollment plunged from 881 in 2010-11 to 383 last September. The high school finished the school year with 350 students. 12 left the city, and the rest enrolled in GED or adult programs or dropped out. The challenges ahead are immense. The vast majority of automotive's incoming freshmen have failed or scored below proficiency in state exams. Only about half of his teachers have applied to return next fall. We are using aggressive efforts to lift up renewal schools, said Department of Education spokesman Harry Hartfield, citing plans to serve the whole child while improving academic outcomes. This is what Ronald Reagan warned about. This is the government coming to help you. Be very afraid. They are not going to help your children. They are going to destroy your children. All their potential will be drained from them. Trust me on that. That is going to happen at the very least. I'm telling you, though, they're going to remap their brains. This is really bad. I know I know. It, you may think I'm crazy, but I know it's true. I, I looked at the way some of these questions and the tests, and I'm like, there's just no other reason for doing this this way. This is stupid. It's the worst way to do anything. But that's what they're teaching them. The worst way to do everything. So they can walk around bouncing off walls for the rest of their life. Anyway, moving right along to regulation stuff. But before that, we like to remind everybody where they could find the show. This is the Uncooperative Radio Show. You can find it at uncooperativeradio.com. You can download and listen for free. We also rebroadcast on iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker. No, Spreaker is where we're on regular now, that you can hear us live. And it's also where uncooperativeradio.com is hosted. We are on TalkShoe, TalkShoe code 9461. Rebroadcast on our state talk radio. We're on Blueberry, Podbean, I don't know, a bunch of stuff I can't remember. Uh, a lot of you will probably listen to me places I don't remember. But at any rate, we're trying to get our radio out, you know, everywhere. Now, I I still haven't found the second. I've got to call it to the to the boss. We I only still have Studio A's phone number. I went today to look for it. 
the phone numbers. I can't find the phone numbers anywhere on the site. Susan can't find the numbers anywhere on the site. So I sent an email to Primo. If if you know where to find it, you can send me an email. Uh, but the one line we have for Studio A, and we want to kind of get some more listeners on Studio B, but we have a listener line that's free to listen, not to talk. You got the pen and paper in hand yet? Come on now. 605-562-4209. Again, you can listen for free. You don't have to have a special phone. Any phone will do. You know, if you have free nights and weekends, do them then. And you can listen and don't have to take up your data because we all know what they've done to us with data recently. Uh, and there's nothing we can do about it, but deal with it at this point. Now, we'd also like to thank our AM and FM listeners out there on the affiliates. We don't want to leave you out, but uh, the number, the, everything keeps changing. And don't forget now, Red State Talk Radio is available on the public menus in Roku. Don't worry, those of you that use the private channel number, uh, you will you will find yourself automatically upgraded and assigned uh, to Red State Talk Radio on the public list. The rest of you need to sign up. We're doing pretty good uh, so far, considering how long it's been up. Doing darn good, actually. But anyway, regulations suck. And I love seeing these signs of these high school kids that nobody knows what's going on. There's a whole promotion to take these college and high school and college campuses back, uh, teaching the kids that big government sucks. And so they got all these young people that are teaching all these young people that big government sucks. And yes, that is a very good thing. Because big government does suck. And this from cnsnews.com. Since President Barack Obama's took office on January 20th, 2009, the Food and Drug Administration has issued 545 new final regulations, equaling 2,666 pages in the Federal Register, and totaling approximately 2,666,000 words, according to a count of the regulations published in the Federal Register. The Gutenberg Bible is only 1,282 pages and 646,128 words. This means the new FDA regulations issued by the Obama administration contain twice as many pages as the Bible and four times as many words. The Federal Register publishes documents including proposed rules, notices, interim rules, corrections, drafts of rules, and final rules, the cnsnews.com tabulation included only final rules from the FDA. cnsnews.com found 545 distinct rules published by the FDA since January 20, 2009, covering medical devices, food additives, and animal drugs, to name a few. To give an example, on June 22, 2011, the FDA released a final rule entitled Required Warnings for Cigarette Packages and Advertisements. There, uh, really, we need more that's already on there? Is there any room for anything else but the warnings anymore? Since when are they getting into animal products? Because of, uh, I told you about that, because of the antibiotic use. 
the abuse of antibiotics to fatten up animals. So they want to ban that, and so it made it hard for me to go to the vet place and and get really inexpensive antibiotics for my family. And I and I truly believe that was intentional. Anyway, the rule has 150 pages long and was issued to require color graphics depicting the negative health consequences of smoking. Should we put out a rainbow pack just for the homos? To accompany the nine new textual warning statements required under the Tobacco Control Act. Now, if these things are really so horrible for the health of humans, why have it have it the government why hasn't the government pulled it off the shelf? They want a whole lawsuit proving that it's killing people. What's the FDA supposed to do? Protect us from getting killed by drugs and food, right? Can you still buy cigarettes? You bet you can, but it's expensive because the majority of the money is taxes. That's why the government loves it. If they really cared about anybody, would they allow it to be sold anymore? I can't believe nobody's picked up on it. As I said it right away after the after the trial is over. Yeah, and I bet they I bet there'll still be cigarettes sitting on the shelves. And sure enough there was. Of course they raised the tax on it, but it was there. They only care about using you for their own needs. They don't give a rat's behind what happens to you. Color graphics. Oh, yay. The Obama FDA regulations have twice as many words as the entire Harry Potter book series, which includes seven books with 1,084,170 words. The FDA regulations to date have 586 times as many words as the U.S. Constitution, which has 4,543 words, including the signatures. The FDA regs also have 1,828 times as many words as the Declaration of Independence, which has 1,458 words, including the signature. To get an approximate word count for the FDA rules in the Federal Register, cnsnews.com, evaluated a few random rules from the 545 EPA regulations published since Obamas took office. In these rules, as published in the Federal Register, each page averaged approximately 1,000 words. From this, CNSnews.com calculated that the 2,666 pages, wow, 666, huh? In the 545 New final EPA rules issued during the Obamanist administration equal 2,666,000 words and 666 again. Well, that's freak. This is only an approximation because some pages in the Federal Register carry more words than others, and some regulations end on the beginning or middle of a page. For example, one of the regulations was eight pages long and totaled 9,513 words, an average of 1,189 words per page. Another regulation was three pages long as and 2,975 words, which were averaged to 990 words per page. And that's a lot of words. All I know is there's too many words for doing too many things that they're not allowed to do in the first place. When we take our government back, uh, well, 
we're going to have to burn all this paper. This is going to be, it's, it's going to take us forever just to burn all the unconstitutional nonsense. Why would you, well, how else would you get rid of paper? I prefer burning to landfills. Sorry. Again, from cnsnews.com. What about recycling? What about recycling? We can recycle the paper. No, we can't. Because it's got type on it already. And it's evil and it needs to burn. <laughs> Besides, we could, we could create a garbage burning generator. We'll just feed it with government regulations. And it'll turn out steam, which will turn in an engine, which will make electricity. Is that possible? That's how a steam engine works. Really? Yes. Huh. I did not know that. Well, if you attach it to a generator, the engine to the generator. Well, you saw the choo-choo trains on the old Western movies, right? Now, how is... What do you think that was? It was a steam engine. They put coal in, made fire, mm -hmm. fire... Boils water, water turns to steam, steam turns the engine. And we have enough regulations for that to work for a very long time. Oh, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> we can probably power DC for a while. Actually, we're going to get rid of DC. No, we're not getting rid of DC. Can't get rid of DC. It's in the Constitution. No, and I there's nothing wrong with DC. It's going to be empty because there's going to be no power there. Everyone's going to leave. We're going to make them leave anyway. They have no reason for staying there. They're only they have every to right there. to live there if they want, but then they're not part of the United States of America. The District of Columbia is separate from the United States of America. It's always 50 states and the District of Columbia. Not 57. No, nor 51. <laughs> so, D.C. is not a state, and you don't have the same rights there as you do in the states. So, my advice is to move to the states if you give a crap about your rights, because when we take it back and all you welfare people live in there and stuff, there won't be any more welfare. You're on your own. It's called a free market. We're going to get the government out of the market. Now go get a job. Or make something. Or create jobs. Whatever. You can do whatever you want in a free market. Now how are corporations and states going to follow these friggin' rules, like the stupid Obamacare, if they have to go through all these pages, how is that going to be possible? They have teams of lawyers to do just that. You know, I feel bad for a lot of people, though, you know, because if we get this country back, we're going to get rid of a lot of lawyers, a lot of Good. judges are going. Good. Just like that. What do you mean a lot? Almost all of them. Well, that's why I didn't understand. I forgot to, to, to say this to you when we were talking about the new police state and <clears throat> what happened to the family and that woman. She's taking them to federal court. Why is she taking a local municipality to federal court? Because that's how the game's played under this dysfunctional, un illegal judicial system. Yeah, but she has to get ruling in loyal courts first to go to a federal court. Well, who was she complaining about? The, the SWAT team that killed her dog. Which would be the city. Right. Which would also include the state. Right. So why is it right in federal court? I doubt it was. Well, then they didn't report properly. They probably didn't. Maybe anything involving a, I don't know, all the laws on the book, anything involving a national government employee has to go to the federal judiciary. 
Yeah, but there was state and local police. There wasn't. It wasn't a federal SWAT team that went in there. No, I understand. Well, it's still the government. You never mind. Uh, it doesn't matter what court they go to because it shouldn't have to go to any court, but certainly not the federal courts. They don't have jurisdiction at all, by the way. Article three, section two, is their only jurisdiction, and therefore, as you can see, federal district court is not the appellate of the state of, of, uh, supreme court. Not, not even close. Not supposed to be. Not to do it. Neither is the Supreme Court supposed to be the appellate of the state Supreme Courts. It's not in Article 3, Section 2. Find it. That's the only jurisdiction they have. They took it upon themselves, just like the whole federal government taking all this power onto itself without asking our permission. They're under the notion that we exist for them. We have to remind them that they exist to serve us. One way or another. Or we will be slaves. And our children will be slaves. And our grandchildren will be slaves. Okay, one. And by the way, I'm ta not talking about white people. I'm talking about all people in the United States of America. That includes black and brown. And mongoloid. Caucasian, mongoloid, and negro, okay? And by the way, those are still the right, again. I looked it up. <laughs> those are still the right up. terms, although some scientists don't use them anymore because they're politically correct. I don't care. That, that is still used by forensic people to... Anthropologists. Forensic anthropologists. To, to find out what they are, what race they are, what sex they are, approximate age. All this can be told by the Bones. Watch Bones. It's an entertaining show and you can learn all this stuff. Honestly, it's an education show. It really does teach us some stuff. Um, no, there's definite, absolute differences that, that set us aside as two, in their own words, of the races of the human race. There's not just uh, the cute people walking around. Uh, human race, is, uh, there's only the human race, man. There's only one race. They can't be racist. Uh, yeah, it's cute, but it's stupid. And it's not true. We have very significant differences physically for sure so that means our dna is significantly different that means as you might notice uh we have different strengths look what the black how the black people took over sports in the united states of america once they started getting involved in we allowed them to get involved in sports with white guys there's almost no white guys left you know the reason why that the show bones is so um educational as well it was a series of books, and it was actually written by a woman who was, uh, what you Temperance. said. Temperance. Yeah. Who, what, but she was a, what do you, what you just said? Forensic. Anthropologist. Anthropologist. Right. And she actually was, so that's why that. Was her name a, Temperance? No. No. It's not that interesting, though. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's why they have some facts in oh, there. Oh, it's actually right science, real science. They're not, they're not, uh, making it up as they go. One thing I want to ask before you go on to our last story in the end of the show. When the Supreme Court did the rulings that they did, which is blatantly unconstitutional, blatantly they should be impeached, who has the power to do that? Impeach? Yes. House of Representatives. So they could start impeachment repeat. Uh, they can impeach any it. federal employee. Elected. Any of them. This, but the president has special rules. Chief Justice has to preside, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, so there's some differences. But, yeah, but no, any federal employee can be, 
there is a there's a special one for the president. So you'll find impeachment both in Article One and Article Two. Uh, but it's when it comes to the president, there are special conditions set to impeach the president, which he's met overwhelmingly. Oh, he's way past that. But no, this these people are not going to do it. Boehner and McConnell are in his hip pocket, his people's hip pocket. It doesn't matter how you want to look at it, really. Uh, people from Chicago run the place. Uh, and running us. Yeah, it, they're, and they're progs. And look how fast we're, look how fast we're transforming. Yeah, you thought it was going to be for good, did you? It's, it's amazing. And you re the only thing that amazes me is that the United States citizenry reelected him. Or did we? And that, well, it doesn't matter. I, you can only steal so much. It had to be at least close for them to be able to steal it. And it shouldn't have even been close. Although now with all the counts, machines and stuff, and getting counted over in Spain, who thought this was a good idea? And the counters are... Worked for George Soros. He pulled his funding out of the company after that was made public. Like, that fixed anything. And uh, so we don't know. But the point is, the fact that it would even be close tells me that you just don't pay attention. We got to work on that. Again, from CNSDews.com, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announcing the expansion of its summer meal programs. Again, with the summer meal programs. And the meal programs. Food! I'm hungry now. I am. Anyway, uh, summer meal program beyond the $500 million of taxpayer dollars used to pay for the last year's effort. With a goal of serving an unprecedented 200 million meals to children, 18 or younger, not only on school campuses, but at other sites, including at home. Meals on Wheels for Kids at Home. Who'd have thought public school could expand to that? Wow. We are deeply committed to ensuring that all Americans in rural and urban areas have access to a healthy diet, whether they're at home or in school. You know what this has done? This has made the cost of fruit and vegetables astronomically higher. There's always a consequence when the government does something, ladies and gentlemen. They screw up the free market. And they're all in it all the time. You go. How is this part of school going to someone's own home and feeding them? You know what this is? Or they'll take it. It's nothing to do with you getting used to it or not. They're going to use it. They're going to do this right until you will let them steal enough power to crush you like bugs if you stand up to them. You better start standing up now because bug time's not that far off. Like on a windshield. We are deeply committed to ensuring that all Americans in rural Arabia have access to healthy diet, whether at home or school. Oh my God, I, it in my United States, I can't believe it. it's just. This has got to be that you people, you parents are putting up with this. This is what's killing it. Kids, they're just kids. People at the school, they're just drones of the bureaucratic government. But you're their parents. 
You have an obligation to feed your own child, don't you think? Oh, no. They belong to the community, Well, you keep doing this, they are going to belong to the community because you're not, you're not taking care of them. You, you, you drop them off in the indoctrination centers, brainwashing sites as, as just a daycare or get this kid out of my house, even if you're staying home. And you're allowing this to be done to your own children. Really? You've gone this far down the socialist hellhole that your soul is absolutely this, this vacuous? This is bad. This is bad news. It's in too many levels. Under Secretary of Agriculture Kevin Concanon said in a press release issued by USDA last month, these public-private partnerships are key to galvanizing interest in combating hunger. No, there is no hunger in the United States of America. Give me a break. Don't they keep complaining about obesity? Where are the hungry people? We don't see the picture of the starving children in the ghettos. They're all fat. Nobody's starving. Oh, anything to pull at your heartstrings. But do you see the progs of mixed messages? On one end, Obama, Obama saying we're obese, so you have to do this program. And now this one is saying, oh, they're starving, so you have to do this program. Either way, you have to do this government program. We got to cover. It's because it's the whole notion of the left-wing ideology is schizophrenic in itself. Only 3.8 million of the more than 21 million low-income children are eligible for free or reduced-price meal took part in last year's summer food program, according to the agency. See, they're upset they didn't get to give enough money away. You hear this, right? We we wanted to give more money away, but we couldn't. So we're going to have to fix that. Putting up with this. This is what's killing me. Kids, they're just kids. People at the school, they're just drones of the bureaucratic government. But you're their parents. You have an obligation to feed your own child, don't you think? Oh, no. They belong to the community, Well, you keep doing this, they are going to belong to the community, because you're not not taking care of them. You you, you drop them off in the indoctrination centers, brainwashing sites, as as just a daycare, or get this kid out of my house, even if you're staying home. And you're allowing this to be done to your own children. Really? You've gone this far down the socialist hellhole that your soul is actually this, this vacuous? This is bad, this is bad news. It's in too many levels. Under Secretary of Agriculture Kevin Concanon said in a press release issued by USDA last month, these public-private partnerships are key to galvanizing interest in combating hunger. No, there is no hunger in the United States of America. Give me a break. Don't they keep complaining about obesity? Where are the hungry people? We don't see the picture of the starving children in the ghettos. They're all fat. It was a boondoggle. It was just it was created jobs for no apparent reason other than to pay the people that weren't had nothing to do money. 
That's what FDR did at a time before that. No, they would take charity from churches and individuals. That's normal, and they wouldn't be embarrassed about that. But they would be too embarrassed to take money from the government. You know, Fox and now News, it's completely reversed, thanks to FDR. Fox News did an entire uh, expose about was it Fox News? I think it was about how welfare was foisted on people in the time that you're talking about. Because the hillbillies, the the, the hardest people that they had to accept it were the hillbillies of West Virginia. They just wouldn't do it. They do now. They're all on welfare. The families. A lot of times when the man goes off to work, that's how it always was. But now, because there's a woman at home with children and the way welfare works, they just, they foisted money and benefits on them. And now they're used to it. They they live on welfare. Right. And they used an intense uh, ad campaign. They got the preachers oh, it, it took in, a their, while. in their yeah. own churches. Yeah, the, the preachers. People you're supposed to be able to trust, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't trust your preacher... This country is doomed, and we can't trust most preachers. I'm sorry. All right, so, no, I'm not going to turn into the Westboro Baptist Church. But you know what? They're starting to sound a little less crazy now, aren't they? Don't get me wrong, they're back crazy, but just a little bit less. It's just the whole homosexual thing after the Supreme Court. Still feel the same way? Anyway, 13 states, you mean like 13 original colonies, were selected this year to receive intensive technical assistance. In Murfreesburg, oh, well, no, sorry, it's Murfreesboro, Tennessee, school buses are bringing food to children, according to an article published on the National Public Radio website. The words chow bus have replaced the school bus sign over the windshield. The NPR article states, It's blue and green with a food-themed mural on the side. Inside, some seats have been replaced with tables, the article states, and the bus is air-conditioned so the kids don't have to sweat through their Lucky Charms and chocolate milk. Wait a minute! Whoa, Wait, Lucky Charms whoa, and whoa. chocolate milk! Whoa. No, that can't be right, that's sugar! Whoa! Where's Mom Obama? I don't know, Jig. She's not going to approve. She didn't get the memo. She's not going to approve of this. Monkey charms. You know how full of sugar that is? Oh, man. I didn't even like I that ha- as a I kid. I couldn't stand it because it has mar- marshmallows in it. I don't like I marshmallows. like marshmallows, but the way they were sweet was gross. Yes. The only thing, only sweet that we were allowed when we were kids, uh, sweet cereal, was um, the alphabet. Sugar-frosted flakes is what I had. Ours was the alphabets. Because they, they, we would play a game. My mom would <laughs> play a game with us to make words. Out of the alphabet cereal? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't into alphabets. Well, we were. That I didn't like alphabet thing. pasta or cereal. That was the only thing we were allowed. My food to have. is not supposed to be work. Because I'm not. I'm not you... I was a kid. I had to read for work. <laughs> I wasn't reading my food. <laughs> and you know, the good thing, well, we're well, in my household because my father is from Puerto Rico. He. You know, we had to have fruit in food in the house because where he grew on the now island. Now I can't afford it. I know. We could back then, though. He made sure we had fruits, we had but vegetables. That's the backside I was trying to point out. We can't afford fruits and vegetables now because of these programs. Supply and demand. The government has made a huge supply, right? A huge demand on supply. So that means the price of vegetables and fruits are going up. 
before this program, I couldn't afford fruits and vegetables. Not that I trust all the stuff they put on it, but I can't afford it. No way could I afford organic, even if I trusted it. Uh, why spend all that money for fruits and vegetables? You could take vitamins. I, I, it's cheaper, frankly. It's just the way it goes. So she's made more people like me not eat vegetables and fruits because we can't afford it. Good job. See, they always get, they always tend to do the opposite of what the, it seems like they're trying to do, doesn't it? Hmm. Yes, that's considered a nutritious breakfast by the USDA, the article states. NPR interviewed Erica Swain, who sent her son and nephew to eat on the bus. When your kids are in school, you don't really have to worry about feeding them at home during the day, Swain said. So that adds a bunch of money in in the summertime. We're so glad that we could subsidize you without our permission. NPR also supported that there are no questions asked about eligibility when a child or children show up on the bus. Okay, not even poor people anymore. Any child, no questions asked, just like the illegal aliens. Right? No questions asked. They can sign up at school from Central America, even if they're old, fat, and gray. They still got to accept them as a 17-year-old kid. Same thing. Oh, we don't ask them. You don't have to prove anything. If you're a child, we'll feed you. Unbelievable. This reminds me of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Remember the guy in black that used to catch the children and put them in cages? Yes. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> they're, they're bringing them into those buses, luring them with food, just like he did. Yeah, And then did. locking them up. This would be locking their future up taking control of them, their minds, which they have. No questions asked. We got plenty of money. We owe $18 trillion. How is it our government acts like we're rich? He's starting to act like the rest of the, the government's acting like the rest of society or society's taking it from the government. We're all li- the, above our means. Not I, I got off that bandwagon, but everybody else is and has credit cards are living above their means. If you can't pay as you go, you're living above your means. If you're going into debt, you're living above your means. The credit cards were created to make you live above your means, to enslave you. That's what the national government tries to do. It uses programs to enslave groups of people. This for this group, that for that group. Maybe this for them. You know how it goes. You no ticky, no washi. <laughs> you scratch my back. Washi. We'll scratch yours. Uh. <laughs> Kids still need good food, even when school is out. I don't know how I survived as a poor, poor child when I was growing up. Because we had good food from our parents. I am six foot four, two hundred seventy pounds, and I am not fat. Uh, I ate good. I had plenty of milk. And meat. That's what made I ate red meat and milk. That's what made me. And uh and we were poor. But Uncle Lou was good about, you know, we didn't spend a lot of money. We ate good but we ate at home. And we would get sometimes bad cuts of meat, but we'd know how, he knew how to make it so it was good. Like we're like we're so doing it's cheap now. so it's cheaper but but it still tastes good. 
Well, we've learned to do that. We actually, Brian and I, think about writing a book called Cooking from the Pantry. <laughs> we, in the, a, from the poor pantry. From the poor pantry. Well, because the price of meat is uh, outrageous. I cannot. Look, there's a, if we stop eating red meat, we're doomed. There is, an, there is something in red meat that cannot be found in any other food that your brain requires to think. And that's why vegetarians are crazy. And that's why they want to turn us into stupid vegetarians. Because look at them. They're, they're, once you start eating nothing but vegetables, you start to become prey. People that things that eat vegetables in the wild are prey to meat eaters. So they're voluntarily becoming food. You know, you do have a point though. When we grew up, because we always had a garden. Always. Oh yeah. Every year, Big garden. we had a garden. And again, we would go and, well, we lived on an island and my father loved to fish. We would fish, we would crab, we would clam. This was all stuff that would supplement the food bill. You know, we kind of like, we were in suburbs. You but did, we were mostly you did it for fun uh, with the kids, but, uh, but it does add to free food. I mean, you, you pull up a lot, you pull up crabs and you've got blue crabs for dinner. That's good eating. We, we did it a lot. I mean, and even like in, during storms, my father took us out to a, a hurricane, a tropical storm. Yeah, what is it with people of that generation? <laughs> my mother did the same. We sat out on, we sat out lawn in, uh, you know, those loungy chairs, beach chairs, watching the. <laughs> yeah, which, my father took, <clears throat> he took and, and the other parents didn't care. He took a carload of kids from the neighborhood and us. And we went out in the tropical storm because he said when it's a tropical storm and the uh, tides are really high like that, that's when you catch eels. And that's what we were doing. We were catching eels. Yeah, I spend my time trying not to catch eels. <laughs> I don't like eating eels except smoke. And My dad fried them. I, I, but, and then they're a nuisance. They, they get you in a slimy. you got to watch out your hands all over because. You, if you try and take it off of your hand, like pull slime off all over your hand, it's gross. He had to have, no, a, well, he he had, had to have a, a glove or a yeah, rag. Yeah, he, he had a special glove. But you had to keep it. getting them off of your client, throwing them in, trying to catch the, you wanted to catch the snappers, the baby bluefish. And these things would get on your hook instead. And they were good fighters, don't get me wrong. I I enjoyed it that way, but I don't like eating them, and I wanted the snappers. See? And I was a kid, I, I didn't really like fish anyway, but I used to sell the snappers on the dock when I was done fishing. I, I guess, you know, I guess some people on the dock felt like, you know, poor kid trying to make some money for his family so they can eat good, you know. And uh, so we they didn't have to, they didn't need them. They were fishing themselves, although most of them didn't have any fish. But again. <laughs> but yeah, they buy my fish and they'd be happy to because they knew they were helping me, a family out by, and in a good way, because it was teaching me the value of a free market and how they work. But again, and you work, you get a product, and then you try and find out we, how much you could sell it for. We are the last generation from the World War II and the Great Depression generations. That's why we were like that. That's exactly why all of our all of our generations, most of it, we were taught to, to supplement our food. Our food. Well, now they're supplementing the government's supplementing your food. It doesn't matter if you're poor. Did you hear them? They don't ask questions. You're a kid. You come up to the bus. You eat. Well, and kids not going to do it. I would because I I was like a I was like a hay burner man. I ate 
I ran around. I was big and huge, and I was hungry all the time. But that said, we're going to end the show tonight on that note. This is the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here.